You are now tuned in to Poppy Chulo Radio, your web portal for the best in pop culture news and interviews. My name is Barry Allen, and I am the fastest man alive. This is a Poppy Chulo Radio special announcement. PoppyChuloRadio.com is currently looking to expand its web presence, and we're looking for your help. If you're a fan of Poppy Chulo Radio and its signature series, please visit GoFundMe.com slash PoppyChuloRadio and help us with our campaign. Every dollar amount donated will be improving the Poppy Chulo Radio experience and making it more interactive and user-friendly. We thank you in advance for your support. This has been a Poppy Chulo Radio special announcement. We now return you to our regularly scheduled programming. The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to Storybrooke. Welcome to Storybrooke Weekly Mirror, the unofficial Once Upon a Time podcast, a poppychuloradio.com and iTunes exclusive. Poppy Chulo Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Monday, April 17th, 2017, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Aruz. During tonight's broadcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of Once Upon a Time. Later on in the broadcast, get ready for a spoiler alert as we bring you the hit ABC series' casting scoops, spoilers, and ratings. Please welcome my co-hosts, Priscilla Rocha. Hey, guys. Brittany Garcia. Hey, everybody. And Katie. Hey, everyone. Hope you're all doing well tonight. All right, let's get into it. Let's jump into our recap of Season 6, Episode 17, which was titled Awake and aired April 16th, 2017. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. Still trapped in Neverland, Hook aligns himself with Tiger Lily, hoping to find a way back to Emma. Back in Storybrooke, Regina works to break the sleeping curse that David and Snow are under, and Gold denies the Black Fairy, which brings the two of them to a fearsome impasse. In flashbacks, we learn what Snow and Charming sacrificed in order for Emma to fulfill her destiny as the Savior. So let's get everyone's initial reaction to the episode and we'll start off with Brittany. Yay! Okay. So I love this episode. It was a lot of fun. It was very nostalgic. And I just actually have no complaints for this episode. Unless you guys probably bring something up and I may agree. But honestly, I just thoroughly, genuinely enjoyed this episode. It felt 
like the magic of season one. And I think the moral of the story was like what it should be. What I think about once when I think about once once upon a time, I think magic and love and true love, and I feel like that's what we got in this episode. So it did not disappoint. Ooh. I have a feeling Brittany's got her bushel ready. I do. Okay, that's good. Katie, what's what are your initial reactions to this episode? I, at first, I was kind of like, oh, this seems like such a retcon. And I was not enjoying it because of that. And then I, like, thought about it and I was like, no, I'm not even going to worry about that. This is a really good episode. Uh like halfway through it just got super intense and everything like the pace picked up and it got emotional and we got a lot of snow and charming which is so nice because we haven't seen them together on screen for a long time and we got to flashback to season one which is exciting before Um, season one well that's yeah it was before season one that's right so that's pretty exciting um i really did like how they played it all out. I do like how they played it all out. And like I said, we got to see more snowing, so that was pretty exciting. I did really enjoy it. All right. Are you on the bushel train with Brittany? Choo-choo. <laughs> sure. Bushel, bushel. <laughs> okay. Priscilla, we've got two people on the hype train. Do you have your ticket? See, I felt almost exactly the same way Katie did. I was just kind of like, really? A retcon? But the story just seemed to emphasize what we already knew about season one. Like, what we knew about these characters. It felt like go- like going back to basics. Like, the the best parts of once, I feel. Which are the early parts. The good old days. Like, and... I don't know. Like, the, the hints that you got towards what's going to happen with Gideon and with the Black Fairy. Ooh, the Black Fairy and Tiger Lily. They were great. I loved it. This was a great episode. Alright. So you're also on the hype train. Just want to make sure. Choo-choo, motherfucker. Okay, okay. (laughs) So I just got my ticket stamped and I'm on the hype train as well. I've got to say, I'm going to preface it by saying something that's going to be controversial. But it's going to end in, in a in a happy ending, which we all know Brittany loves a happy ending. Mm, this is true. <laughs> okay. It's funny. In my head. All right. <laughs> so, in the beginning, I was, like, very worried, like two of you were. And in my mind, typically, like, whenever I see an episode that sort of goes back especially when it's like this deep in a series like season six and they decide to go back to like either the first season or before the first season i always get worried because of retconning and i'm like they better pay attention like these writers had better like gone back and like research the episodes that would fit chronologically because if not they're going to do something that's going to be glaringly obvious that they just retconned it to fit the current story that they're trying to uh, do and for me at least in my opinion they did a really great job like i was so worried about retconning as well and i thought what they did 
fit appropriately enough. The internet kind of had a couple of issues, which maybe I'll bring up, and uh, and we'll see what everyone has to say about it at the appropriate time. But I really loved the flashback. I thought the main storyline in the present day was really good, too. A lot of callbacks to previous seasons. I was a little confused as to how Tiger Lily knew a lot, but maybe we'll discuss that at the appropriate time as well. But overall, I have a bushel as well. Um, so uh, I think we are in for some interesting scores when we rate the episode, unless one of you decides to taint us. I'm looking at you, Katie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I don't know. So... <laughs> Let's get into it. Before we get into our thorough recap of the latest episode of Once Upon a Time, here's our announcer with a few reminders on how you can interact with us. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash storybrookweeklymirror. Follow us on Tumblr, storybrookweeklymirror.tumblr.com. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash poppychularadio. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for Storybrooke Weekly Mirror and subscribe. Thanks, announcer. So uh, let's jump right in. A quick shout out to the opening title card, which featured the portal door that we've seen uh, a few times in the series. It's in the middle of the forest. So let's start off in the past in Storybrooke, USA, during the time of the Dark Curse. But if we want to give an exact time frame, this is 10 years into the Dark Curse. Now, if we want to do a little math, which Katie loves to do math. Right, Katie? Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yes. So, let's discuss the timeline of when the flashbacks happened. So, the earliest Storybrooke flashback that we saw was the episode Welcome to Storybrooke, in which a father and son enter Storybrooke. That, that occurred year-wise in 1983, because if we remember, the father and son were there in the main woods when Storybrooke landed in, in the woods, and... Uh, the uh, the dark curse uh, the storm of the dark curse ended up damaging the father's truck and uh, they ended up uh, entering storybrooke so this is where regina sort of bonds with the son and, and that whole storyline ends up happening so 10 years later is when this episode's flashbacks happen and then it wasn't until 2001 that Regina got the idea to adopt and and that's when the search for a child 
uh, it basically ended up happening. And we learned that in the flashback of the episode, Save Henry. Yes? Sounds about right, yeah. Yeah, sounds right to me. Okay. Alright, so there we go. Math listeners. So, during the Dark Curse, ten years into the Dark Curse, we have um, all of our people, except for Regina, clueless to ask to what is going on. And uh, we have uh, one day uh, Mary Margaret strolling through town with her happy peppy self, but everyone's dissing Mary Margaret. Big- <laughs> bigly, as our president would say. And uh, she bumps into Regina, and uh, which ruins the flowers that she was going to give John Doe, a.k.a. Charming. And uh, instead, uh, she ends up finding this beautiful flower that's growing in between, like, a crack in the sidewalk. And so she takes this flower to uh, John Doe. And uh, upon... Like, just placing the flower there near the John Doe, the pixie flower, I don't even know what you would call what, what it did. It, um, it molts. It, um, what would, Katie, what uh, would you call that? Disintegrates? It yeah. doesn't disintegrate, because it's still there whole, but, With, like... It releases pollen? There you go. Oh, there you go, that sounds It like releases its pollen, <laughs> and it lands on John Doe's hand... And it brings him out of the coma. And we have to remember, like, back in Season 1, that um, Charming never experiences the um, effects of the curse until uh, um, it was like he went to Rumpel's shop, gold shop, and he looked at the, um, it was like the, the spinning wheel? And that's how uh, he the, like entered. No, the, um, or was it the the uh, the, um, the, um, the the windmill? The windmill from his farm. Oh, okay, there you go. Mm-hmm. It, he, I remember something was spinning, and so yes. he looked at the windmill, and that's how he entered into his curse state of David Nolan. So when uh, Charming gets out of his coma via the flower, the pixie flower, which we later learn is what it's called. Um, he's immediately in charming mode. Like, you know, what happened? The curse? This is that the other? What's going on? And Mary Margaret's like, what? And Charming's like, come on, I know you're cursed, but you, you've got to remember me. Like, I know deep down inside you feel like this isn't right. And so he touches her hand, and it starts to glow the color of the pixie flower, like when the pollen um, landed on Charming. So I guess Charming transferred some of his pollen <laughs> <laughs> to Mary Margaret. Oh my gosh. And um, in a very innocent way, Katie, what are you. You know what Why I'm saying? Why are you laughing? <laughs> you said, oh gosh. And so he transfers his pollen over to Mary Margaret in, in on her hand, and her hand starts glowing, and then she remembers, and then they kiss in a very charming and snow kind of way. And now she remembers. So, Snow White is back to being Snow White. Charming is out of a coma. And all of a sudden, Regina has been notified by a doctor that uh, the coma patient has disappeared. 
And she's like, how do you lose a coma patient? And I'm like, I know what you're saying. And so Snow ends up distracting Regina and she sends Charming over to visit Gold because she's like, if anybody knows about anything and if anybody's like 100% awake in this town besides Regina, it is going to be Rumpelstiltskin. So she informs him of the pawn shop and he heads on over there. And um, Snow ends up telling Regina that... uh, she ended up seeing that, uh, or not, I don't know if she said that she saw him or she had heard that uh, the coma patient was like heading to the forest. So there's a big search party now for the forest. So uh, Charming heads on over to Gold Pawn Shop. Gold with a season one wig is like, I don't know what you're talking about. Are you sure you don't need like Dr. Hopper? Because you're saying a whole bunch of crazy stuff. And, uh, Charming's like, oh, well, you are under, like, uh, you know, I, th- I thought you'd be able to help me out and, and find Emma. And then once he says Emma, we see Gold gets out of uh, the, the, the dark curse. He gets awakened, and he's like, what a pretty name, which is a callback to the pilot. So finally, for everyone out there that was wondering, even though Adam and Eddie has said it like several times, we finally have a visual confirmation that the name Emma is what awakened Gold back in the pilot. So uh, Gold is like, well, Emma, she hasn't arrived yet, and uh, she doesn't know where she is at this point, and you know, it's only been 10 years, and so she's only 10 years old, so she hasn't broken the curse and become a savior. And so uh, he ends up informing David that with the flower that awakened him, it has the ability to unite anyone that has true love. So, we'll pause right here. And let's discuss everything that's happened. From uh, the pixie flower, waking up Charming, to waking up Snow, and now Gold, and the confirmation that the name Emma is what uh, woke Gold up. Katie, what'd you think? So far. I... Okay, now, the, the, see, this is the part of the episode where the retconning really bothered me at first, because I was like, oh, they're retconning everything. But, like I said, later on, I changed my mind about everything. Um, but, in retrospect, when I'm looking back at it, it was really cute. I like the way that they did it. Um, I especially like that they um, called back to Emma being the trigger word for Rumple that wakes him up from his coma, I guess you could say. From the dark curse. He was coma. not in a coma. Well, his his mind coma. There you go. Oh, my uh, gosh. His fantasy world. <laughs> Never. Uh, so, I mean, I like that they actually added that to the show because everyone... The casual viewers who don't look at, like, Adam's tweets and stuff would never have known that. So, I like how they called back to that and kind of gave an answer. Um, it was vague, but it worked. Um, but I loved how Charming woke Snow up from uh, her days as well. Yeah, and um, they had an epic snowing kiss. 
I know, you know, we get, we I miss those because we haven't had them in a, in a really long time, obviously. Yeah. Although um, you would think somebody would have seen that. I'm just saying because like the blinds I were mean, open. You know, just ignore that. <laughs> okay, Grumpy was watching. <laughs> Leroy. You're like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> they got rid of the the count like the the videotapes before that's why they they said that like we, we can't find charming we don't know where he went she got rid of yeah. the tapes so as long as the blinds are closed nobody was gonna see that they were open they were blinds open soon yeah. oh well <laughs> yeah i thought that was i was like that's a really good kiss because they even showed us the kiss from outside the room with the blinds open but i was like is somebody watching <laughs> because like the coma guy is like kissing this lady like that's just not normal <laughs> what but, uh, anyways, I thought it was cute now that I look back at it. So, yeah. Okay. What did you think of uh, what we've seen thus far? What we've uh, recapped thus far, Priscilla? I liked this, like, beginning part. Like, I liked seeing Mary Margaret as opposed to Snow again. I liked seeing that when she bumped into her and when Regina walked away, that, like, evil little Regina, evil queen smile, like... I know that we got the evil queen in quotations back, but the hidden tricks that she did, like the part where she was evil queen as the mayor, we didn't get to see. Like I, I felt like we didn't get that magic, but we got that magic here. And the only, my only critique is that it felt kind of lame that after the pixie flower does its trick, and Charming wakes up. All he has to do is touch um, Mary Margaret's hand for her to turn into snow. Like He transferred the pollen. No, it feels like with every other thing, like it's really convoluted. It takes you loving someone and them loving you back for a true love's kiss to happen. It used to be harder for magic to break curses. And... In this one, it was as simple as, like, a hand touch, which that was the only... Like, it wasn't something that, like, bothered me to the point of being, like, incensed, but, like, it was just kind of, like, a niggling thought there that I was like, hey, this is maybe a little too easy. But to speed the story along, I was like, okay, I'm just going to shrug and go along with it. Hashtag magic. And it used to be very difficult to travel between realms, but, um... (laughs) Yeah, Apparently not really as much wreck- nowadays. They reckoned the <laughs> shit out of that. That was... Okay. Yeah, th- sure. like twice in we the episode. <laughs> so, in the past and in the present. Uh, Brittany, what about you? What what uh, are your thoughts on uh, what has been discussed so far? Did you like that everybody was bitching at Mary Margaret? Even Marco wasn't having it. Oh yeah, I, I love that. I mean, I I'm one of the people that is super glad that Snow is Snow and we don't call her Mary Margaret anymore. Like, I'm just like, nah, girl. Nah. Um, but that was actually a really funny opening to the back, uh, the background. Wow. The flashbacks, uh, how she's just, you know, she's just so happy that it's part of her Snow charm that she's just going to be um, happy-go-lucky, but it's like, she can't be everybody hates her or they're annoyed by her and i'm like oh my god it's me i should i was probably living in storybrook like um 
Like, I make fun of some of my friends that are happy-go-lucky, and I'm just like, really? Why are you so happy? It, like, why are you doing this to me? But I just love that. That was so cute. Um, I did like the big... Um, man, I can't think of the word of what it was, but that flower. Uh, it definitely just, like, changed the game. I was like, why did they wait six, uh, six seasons to have um, that kind of loophole? There we go. That's the word. Um, but I, I actually liked it. I like that it's only because when true evil is there. And it kind of makes you wonder, like, damn, like, all the other villains we faced weren't as terrifying. Apparently, the, the two biggest uh, foes we've ever had is Regina, or Evil Queen, and now Black Fairy. I mean, to not to go too ahead, but I thought that was a really important piece of uh, information we got from the flashbacks. And honestly... Part of the reason why this episode was so good to me was because it focused so much on snowing. And I mean, people are like, wow, you know, they, they don't give anything to snowing anymore. We don't see um, snow do anything badass or, you know, we haven't gotten that much of it. But the thing is, when we do, it really shines and it's really amazing. And it's one of the reasons why I like season one so much. I just... Loved the story of Snow White and Charming. And I love their theme music. Every time they put it on, I'm like, oh my god, it's so magical. So beautiful. <laughs> so when they when they were reunited and stuff, I was like, oh, this is, this is what I miss. It's so beautiful. Um, so I was just I was just enjoying the flashbacks, like, and it was just so beautiful. And Regina evil Regina, like like Priscilla was saying, she was just the best. I it, it again, it makes you wonder, um, or not wonder, it just makes you in, uh, go in awe of like how far Regina's come to. It's not about her this episode, but the season's been doing that a lot. They've been showing, you know, Evil Queen versus who Regina is now, and it's it's just like wow, wow. Like Regina is my favorite character, but I'm not gonna, you know, push aside what made me fall in love with the show at first, and that was the love between. Uh, Charming and Snow White. I'll always find you. Yes, I love it. It's so beautiful. Like I don't know, maybe they are my true OTP, but we don't see it as much. But when we do, I'm just I'm all in. I like I don't care what you're giving me. I love it. I Aww. absolutely love it. They found each this other is... like a thousand times. I'm just saying. I mean, it it's weird to say like, and please like fans. Don't take this the wrong way. <gasps> but their chemistry is so fucking good. Like, it, it makes sense that the actors saw each other and, like, fell in love. And that's how, like, they've learned how to emote and how to be Snow White and Prince Charming for as the, as the seasons have passed. You, you hear that in um, their like the dvds and the extras like that mm -hmm. like the more and more how, how they're kind of like falling in love and we get to see that on screen and that's beautiful like yeah i love that not to say that that happens to all couples that are really magnetic and have a lot of mm -hmm. chemistry but snow and prince charming seems special yeah oh, we were fortunate are. honestly we were really fortunate and i think mm -hmm. they would say the same thing for getting into this show, but it is beautiful to watch it. It's natural yeah. and it's it's magical. I mean, I don't they're know how the real, to put it. They're the real life Snow White and Prince Charming. Yeah, I <laughs> they're the real life true love. Yeah, yeah, I can't think of any other iteration that I've liked of Snow White that just works like this. Mm -hmm. Snow White and Prince Charming, honestly. Yep. 
I agree. I really don't have anything to add. I think all of you sort of covered everything. So I'll add in something that I thought was kind of funny that I found on the internet. Apparently a lot of people on the web were very confused by the flashback. Because, and I slightly blame whoever edited the episode, because they did do like a weird type of thing right before the flashback. Where in the beginning for a second I was like, is this going to be a dream? Because it, it they like zoomed in on like snow's face and then they did all these like flashes to like their life pre-curse yeah it was they've never done that before so it was very Mm -hmm. odd and so a lot of people on the web were like was it all a dream like i thought it was a dream and i'm like okay (laughs) but i think they were just more confused by the editing but um all right so let's continue on so uh Regina, they're in the search party, they're out and about, Snow has joined them, and uh, Regina, aka Mayor Mills, is suspicious of Mary Margaret, and so she sends Archie into the mines, and then she ends up showing Regina, like, here, you know, we're gonna, at some point, uh, demolition the mines and it's ready with dynamite and uh all i gotta do is press this button and uh mary margaret's like what and she's like if you are mary margaret you will not stand up to me but if you are snow you're not gonna let anybody um get hurt and i know that you're snow white and uh so she almost presses the button but then the rest of the search party arrives and Archie uh, you know gets out of the mine and Marco's like no you know Madam Mayor don't touch that and in the commotion Snow disappears and so uh, Snow had told Charming to meet at an abandoned farmhouse which in present day Storybrooke is Zelina's farmhouse And so uh, they meet up and uh, they they have the flower and uh, and all this kind of stuff. But Gold is like, you know, if you use the flower to reunite with Emma, then Emma's quest to become the savior will never happen. So you will be reunited, but the, the town will continue on with the dark curse. And so Gold brings them a drink a lot of people online thought it was a forgetting potion but it's not obviously Mm -hmm. since in present day uh, which we'll discuss a little bit later they end up discussing this moment in time so they they didn't forget it's more so a potion that would uh, put them back under the dark curse and gold is like i'm gonna drink it because uh you know we're it's it's not time yet i suggest both of you drink it and then you'll be awakened uh when emma becomes the savior and and breaks the dark curse as she is supposed to do and so char the charmings head on into the forest and they use the flower dust to create a portal door that opens and we see a young Emma who at that time it was 1993 and she's in a group home in Minnesota at that time and she's there listening to music 
reading from a book. And uh, the Charmings are, are, are sort of feeling, having like mixed feelings. Like, David wants to go after Emma, but Snow says no, that Emma has to follow her destiny, and that we can't abandon our people for for Emma. You know, Emma will be the savior, and she will save us. And, uh, you know, we have to let things play out as it's supposed to. And so the door closes. Interestingly enough, when the door closes, uh, Emma senses something because she looks up into her closet and uh, she doesn't see anything. But uh, she saw something or she, she at least in her peripheral vision, she saw ended up seeing maybe something or at least something happened. And so the Charmings end up drinking uh, the serum, the potion, and the two return to their cursed identities, leaving Snow with um, probably an interesting, like, she's going to have to come up with some sort of explanation. Why does John Doe have clothes on? Uh, Why are you out here? So why does it look like you were crying? Um, But yeah, so the Charmings are put back under, and everything is uh, going back to uh, how things uh, were originally. Now, the internet did have a bit of an issue. They were like, what if Rumple never drank the potion? What if he knew along? And I'm just like, oh gosh, people, calm down. <laughs> so, Brittany, would you have drank yeah. the potion? No, let's discuss this. What did you think of the Charmings seeing Emma... Regina testing snow and gold in the potion. Well, I'm not going to lie. When the flashbacks were happening, I thought that they were part of season one ish until we got to the point where they talked about Emma and they saw her and that, you know, she was a little girl. And I was like, oh my God, thank God, because this is just really weird. So what what was awesome about this is that it ties into the present of uh, what's going on and it reinforces the selfish or it's not selfish, the selflessness of uh, of Snow White. And I kind of like that um, we always pair snowing together, you know, that, that together they're this powerful couple and they have a lot of moral high ground and it's just that's who they are. But I also like to separate them a little bit because in, in the moment where they're going to open the door and they're looking at their daughter, it's Snow White that takes the bigger step to tell David, we can't do this. We have to save everyone else. And I kind of like that. It's like she's a good influence on him. And he's also very understanding. So he's like, you know what? This makes sense. And together we can do this. I really like that dynamic. I don't like it when both the characters are the same. You know, it just... It just I mean, it's okay. It can be similar, but I just like this better. Um, And that it it just reinforces that, you know, together we're better, together we're strong. And it it also shows what the moral of the episode was as far as what's happening in the present with Emma and why Charming and uh, Snow... And Snow are so desperate to get back to their daughter. It's not It's not even, I mean, yes, they want to be together, but it's also because our daughter needs us. And I just, I love this couple, man. I mean, I know I love Captain Swan, but I feel like this episode was like, this is why, or this is like the, the, 
the top type of OTP I've always wanted. So, um, I'm really glad it wasn't a forgetting potion either. I thought that would have been weird, and then the flower wouldn't have come into play and stuff. So they made the they made the right choice. I'm proud of snowing, um, and Regina finding out about snow. Typical Regina. I mean, we're we're <laughs> we're gonna go with you know. Oh my gosh, she didn't know that you know um, that something's going on. That David got out of the th got out of the coma, but in the end, she can tell. She knows. She's been running that town for ten years. She knows that something's up. And I like that she tests Snow. It's, again, the the chemistry between Snow and Regina is just awesome. And it's been there since season one, the tension. It's like they brought it back in, like, this flashback. Um, and it was, if you get a little scared, you're like, oh, my God, what is Regina going to do? You know, but she doesn't, she never kills them. She just likes to torture them, which is another kind of hell. And I kind of <laughs> like it. I kind of like it. I'm not going to lie. I love, I love the villains that don't want to go and kill you. I like that they want to torture you in a different way. But I also like in this show that Snow's like, you can do whatever you want, but we're always going to find each other. People like roll their eyes at that, you know, that saying, that OTP saying, but it's true. And it's amazing. And I'm like, man, I want that. And I'm like, I should stop watching TV shows. They're giving me unrealistic expectations. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. I, and and Rumple stuff, uh, I thought that was pretty cool. I thought that uh, Emma breaking his spell or whatever was, was a really good idea and awesome. And I... Maybe I forgot a lot of... I need to go back and watch season one. I always say it's like my favorite and then I'm here like, I don't remember everything. I know. Um, it's just the way I am. But so for <laughs> Rumple, you guys got to like help me out. He finds out about Emma and gets his memory back in the pilot. And then this was this backstory was just kind of telling us how um, yes. he was able to know everything. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. um, and he's part of the curse too, right? That's that's what they were yes. saying. that he, yeah. he gave her the curse, right? Yeah, he yeah. gave her the he gave Regina the curse, and he would be under it as well. Okay, mm -hmm. I got it, I got it. But yeah, so flashbacks good, <laughs> everything good, and I really want that flower. I want to know who my true love is. <laughs> I'm just gonna go to random strangers and just be like, "Is it you? Is it you?" <laughs> You're gonna pollinate all over them. Yeah, I'm gonna pollinate everybody. Be like, here's some oh flower my for gosh. you, for you. I'm gonna be Oprah up in this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna throw it on some on some chicks too because I mean they could that could be my my true love could be um, a really sexy lady and I'm okay with that so I'm just like <laughs> oh my god this has turned into a Dr. Archie Hopper session <laughs> in, in like 30 and, seconds yeah and, and and that's also something to point out even though we're not in the present yet but I really like that it wasn't just snowing that came out in the flashbacks it was everybody that's there um, in the present and then also in the flashbacks and it ties in really really nice together which is, which is why I think this episode was so good it was written so well and it circled back to each other so I I really like that makes yeah me, it, it makes me it makes me want to cry the only thing that made me sad is that we got like a Ruby reference but we didn't yeah. see Ruby yeah. although like she really wasn't necessarily needed per se no for the story but it always makes me sad when, like, whenever they say, "Oh, and Ruby, oh, Ruby's pissing me off," but like we never I see her. I love it. I love it though. I love it. She's just a little rebel. It's just yes. it's so Ruby without a cause. It's true. All right, Priscilla, what about you? I loved 
I, I, I completely agree with, with Brittany. Like, I like seeing villains that are different, villains that want that don't want you to die. They want you to suffer. Like, that's completely, like, different and twisted, and I love that. But I'm just going to say, it. Th- this flashback, I, sh- I should say, like, didn't change my opinion of Snow White and Prince Charming. Like, I felt a lot of the time, like, the plan during the original curse was to send Snow with her daughter to go f- fix shit. And that didn't happen, so they sent her with Pinocchio, right? So, I've always felt that that, that way that Emma did when she finally sees Snow and Prince Charming back and she's like... Uh, which curse is worse, but we would have been together. Like, that that sort of thing. Like, you... It's alright if you're a hero, but it's not alright to impose that fate on a child, on someone who who is innocent, who shouldn't deserve, like, the, the, the fate that you're gonna give them. It just reminded me that, that that's a real shit thing to do as parents. Like, say what you will about saving a town or a kingdom or something like that. But couldn't that have happened with you being parents to Emma? To you explaining that the curse is there? Like, wouldn't true love have found a way there? I I, I find the whole, if we let the curse take into effect, like, fate will find a way. Like, it's it's like Oedipus. No matter if you run away from fate or if you run towards it, fate is going to happen no matter what. It's just, I keep reminding myself, like, looking at that little girl, like, that girl is going to go through hell. She's going to go to prison. She's going to have her heart broken. She's going to have her baby daddy leave her. And you're okay with that because she's going to break a curse. Like, that's that's not cool. Like, but they don't I've, know I've that always, at the time, though. But I've always thought the Charmings were, were, that the Charmings were kind of like bastards for doing that to their daughter like it's it that's never gone away like that had that didn't change my opinion of them rather in fact like it reinforced that that notion and yet and yet when mary margaret looks like she's about to cry like bursts out into tears being like we're gonna be separated again and that feel that that hitch in the voice of charming when he's like what no but our daughter is right there and you're telling me not to like that's a great like sign, uh, like in acting, like as a parent and as a couple together. So conflicted feelings, but overall, like that that hasn't changed. I've always had conflicting feelings about about Snow White and Prince Charming. They're not my true OTP, but it's interesting to watch. Katie, what about you? I thoroughly enjoyed, like like I said, this section of the flashback really got me into it um, because it all started picking up pace and it happened so fast and that scene <clears throat> where um, Charming sees Emma for the first time he has like tears in his eyes and then he he goes she's so beautiful oh my gosh that was very emotional and well, then, Katie's about to cry again I know <laughs> it was very emotional, um, and then we see it just the, their whole scene there was very emotional, and um, Snow's crying and Charming's crying, and then you see that shot where it's Snow and Charming were looking over their shoulders, and 
baby or young Emma's in the middle of them is so ten year old Emma. She's not a baby. I know. I well, we call her baby Emma. She but, is I a mean, baby. she's she's the duckling. Yes, yeah. little duckling. <laughs> but that shot was so beautiful, and I have always wanted an episode where we see Emma, young Emma, with her parents. Um, it will never get it, but I mean, this is as close as we're gonna get. So I cherish that. Um, but it was just, it was very touching and I liked how they wrapped up the storyline. I actually did not realize when I watched the episode at first that it wasn't a forgetting potion. I thought it was a forgetting potion. I guess my mind just assumed that. And then afterwards, you know, people mentioned, you don't know, they never specified that it was forgetting potion. I was like, oh, that makes sense now. So I like that. I appreciate that. It wasn't a forgetting potion because that that's something that they've done in the past where it's like easy, you know, you take a forgetting potion and we forget that it even happened. And then we don't have to explain this in the future. So I appreciate that they actually didn't do that. Um, and there were some people after the episode who were, um, were like, well, this is season one or before season one. There's not supposed to be magic happening in Storybrooke. Um, but... There were magical items in Storybrooke, so I mean, it's possible that Rumple already had potions made up and stashed away somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's possible that he had the ingredients. Um, it's possible that the flower—I mean, the flower blooms when great evil is around. Isn't Correct. That right. Yeah, and so, and Storybrooke and walked- was made by magic, so I can I can kind of buy then, why it grew there. Yeah. Even and though you pass by there every day. Yeah. I, I can I so, can buy it. Yeah. So I mean those are kind of explained away, which is nice. It's not huge pot gaping plot holes. But um I did really enjoy the ending of this this uh section of the episode. Um it was just really beautiful. Yeah, I agree. I thought it was beautifully acted. It was uh like, the emotions, I mean, it, they just did a phenomenal job, both uh, Josh Dallas and Jennifer Goodwin. It was a beautifully done scene at the end, and, and even when they both went under the Dark Curse again, like, it was just, it was acted wonderfully. I thought it was a really strong ending to the flashback, and as has been mentioned you know it, it fit perfectly with the storyline and the timeline and everything and it made sense which is all that i wanted if this is going to be the final i can't b- believe i'm saying this the final snowing flashback centric arc then it was a good one to go out on yeah i agree all right let's get into present day and we are going to start off in neverland so hook is being chased by the lost boys it looks like the lost boys have finally got him because he's surrounded by them and they want to make him pay for what you did to pan and all this kind of stuff and then suddenly a series of darts knock out all of the lost boys and if you look closely, the first last boy that gets the dart uh, shot in him, he covers his neck before the dart goes in. I'm just saying. 
I thought it was kind of funny. But um, I'm like, you didn't get hit yet. Um, so yeah, so they all get knocked out. And Hook looks up and he sees Tiger Lily. And he basically she's like, you know, what are you doing here, Captain? And uh, Hook is like, oh my gosh, like, thank you so much. I'm so glad that you were here to rescue me. And she's like, rescue you? And she uh, knocks Hook out with um, the uh, Trank Dart as well and uh when he comes to hook is being held captive by tiger lily and hook is like you know you need to let me go i have stuff to do you know i gotta go save the lady that i love and all this kind of stuff and uh, tiger is like you love a lady i doubt it and uh tiger is like you need to help me because i need to get something to someone in another realm and you got the jolly roger and so you're gonna help me and hook is like i'm not gonna help you but tyler is like yes you're gonna help me because i got this piece of wood that I need to give to uh, this person and basically they're all discussing the same person they find out uh, Hook obviously is talking about Emma and Tiger Lily's talking about the savior and uh, Tiger Lily knows about Storybrooke and knows about the dark the 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 black fairy and knows about everything basically and uh, she's like this uh, piece of uh, wood that looks kind of like spear like it's um it's a chunk of a fairy wand and uh the savior aka emma will need it to defeat the black fairy and so uh, once uh tiger lily starts believing hook after hook shows her the engagement ring that he was going to give to emma uh she frees him and uh she ends up saying that maybe pan has something locked away that might be able to help him get back to Emma. So they head on off to Peter Pan's former campsite where the Lost Boys are whooping it up well into the darkness. So it does seem like uh, Neverland has daytime and nighttime now as opposed to the eternal darkness when Pan was there. And Tiger Lily ends up uh, distracting the boys uh, while Hook runs to this large tree whose sap um, has the ability to cross realms. And so Hook acquires the sap on his hook and uh, he ends up um, cleaving himself from his shadow and one of the Lost Boys finds him doing this. He ends up calling the rest of the Lost Boys, and Hook um, grabs a hold of his shadow, and the shadow takes off to Storybrooke, but the Lost Boys are, like, holding Hook down. They have captured Tiger Lily, and so Hook gives uh, the weapon to his shadow, and it races off to find Emma. Um, unfortunately, they were pulling uh, Hook too hard that the Hook remains on the shadow and uh we'll pause right here because we'll continue on with the shadow elsewhere so focusing on neverland and hook and tiger lily and the lost boys what did we think of um this arc Brittany? Oh, wait somebody gasped does that mean you want to go first whoever gasped <laughs> I did. Oh okay, my gosh. okay, Katie. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Katie was really excited. So, Katie. I am. Oh my goodness. 
So I was really excited, first of all, when they cast Tiger Lily. And well, first of all, when we heard about that, she was going to heard that she was going to be on the show. And then when she was cast, it was even more exciting. And we saw the sneak peek before the episode came out. And that made me really excited. And she did not disappoint in the episode. I, I, I will say um, just a, a small note, uh, and then I'll let you continue on, Katie. Um, in a little bit of exposition, Tiger Lily expresses that she was once a fairy and that she was really close to the Black Fairy. And Tiger Lily feels like it's her fault that the Black Fairy went down a dark path and that's why she ended up renouncing her fairiness she gave up her wings and she ended up moving to neverland i feel like it's important to note and katie you continue on you can continue the on. island of lost fairies <laughs> i know he should <laughs> have been like do you know goes. tinkerbell yes oh my god i hope tiger lily is the orange fairy because that's what a tiger lily looks like yeah like want to see that that'd be so cute she really didn't disappoint i she just from the moment that she came on the screen was like taking out all the lost boys and then she like stuck the um dart right in his neck and hook's neck and then oh you know that hurt i know i know it looked like it did (laughs) and then when she was explaining that she was once a fairy, that was a big plot twist. I enjoyed that they did that with their character. They kind of gave her a little bit of a different backstory, which is exciting. Um, which means she's not a princess. Yeah. So it's interesting. I like that they're doing something different with her character. She's and better. She's a fairy. What the hell? That's magical. That's better than a princess. That's awesome. Uh, she was just so cool. And I enjoyed being in Neverland again. We got to see Pan- Pan's camp. Um, it was just... I loved Neverland. That was like my favorite arc. And so it was fun to be back there and to see more characters from Peter Pan. Like I've always said, Peter Pan is my favorite fairy tale, mm-hmm. I guess you can say. Um, Disney movie. So it's exciting to see more of the characters from the show. Or from the movie and the books. Um, so I just... I could go on and on. I just really enjoyed it. And I loved what they did with Tiger Lily's character. All right. Now, Katie, does Brittany have permission to go next? Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Wow. Shady Katie today. <laughs> Brittany, what yeah, about you? Is she saying that the blue fairy shady? Mm, I know, girl. right? She's, she's got a V for Vendetta against you. <laughs> Takes on to no one, I guess. Yeah, there you go. Um... So, last week when I was talking about how frustrated I am that they're keeping Captain Swan apart, you know, I usually, I'm actually a big fan of external conflicts or problems that will separate um, my OTP because I just, I, I like the fact that there's no problems within their relationship, but other things are keeping them apart. So I actually like that type of angst, but I don't like it for too long. And especially if it doesn't have a lot of purpose. So I've been kind of like mad that they're keeping him so far away and that his adventures or him trying to get back to Emma is pointless because Gideon told us, doesn't matter what he does, he's not going to come back here. So I was like, so what's the point of watching him do all this stuff if nothing's going to happen? You know, go and 
uh, put more focus on some on other characters that need it. Even though I love Captain Hook, that's me. Um, I, I love him, Hooker for life. And then this episode, they put him back on Neverland. I'm like, okay, this could be a little bit of fun. And they finally give him um, a storyline that connects with the present. I was actually genuinely surprised, and I loved it. I I love the entirety of the flat, oh, not the flashbacks, but the of Hook's arc in this episode. He had a purpose, um, and so did Tiger Lily, and she was a badass too. And then we got the twist that she was uh, a, a fairy. I'm like, damn, that's good. I really like it when the show takes advantage of twisting the stories or origins of characters. Like, we know who Tiger Lily is in Peter Pan, you know. We have a lot of iterations of her, you know, as a young child in the in the animated series, you know. And you, you just want to know if she's going to be a badass or if she's just going to be a princess. Um, and you're like, well, where's the rest of her people? But it turns out she just came here, like, to... I guess redeem herself. I like. I I actually want to know what the hell she did or what happened, and I'm kind of sad that we're probably not gonna get more of that. Um, this is not about this is not being cryptic about next season or if we're we're gonna have one. I'm just saying that it would have been a nice um addition in this episode just for for her to just tell us what she did. There might be um, some scoop in the spoilers. So um. Okay, well then, there's that. Uh, <laughs> but I, I was a little sad that we didn't get more. It just the fact that she said that she was a fairy just like really like blew my mind. I was like, oh my god, yes. Um, and I was also like, hook, like, why do you care about what's going on in other places or your war is not mine to fight? I was like, yeah, Tiger, let get that shit out of here. Even though I like, I enjoyed her because um, she's a badass. But she's like, we need to save the savior. And I'm like, oh, shit. How does she know what's going on here? Um, <laughs> so that was just all good. And I think we had, like, a lot of funny one-liners from Hook in this uh, in this episode. Like, when they were creeping on the kids while they were dancing. He's like, isn't it past their bedtime yet? Like, I just, it was just a lot of fun. Um, and the resolution to what... Um, they were doing in Neverland was just really, really great. Really smart and awesome uh, to get Hook's shadow. And then that scene with Emma. Oh, my God. I know. I don't want to get ahead. But, oh, my God. Feels. All the feels. Um, and I just find it funny that these two, <laughs> they had to fight those kids. or Those kids those kids are evil. I don't like them. Well, Dude, they they're not kids boys anymore. anymore. Like, they're... They're, they're like, like I call ourselves the last boys. I'm like, you guys aren't boys. They're like a frat party. Like it's scary. I don't. It's a kegger. Yeah, and one of them's like, we're never gonna forgive you for what you did to Pan or revenge for Pan. And I'm all like, ugh. I like, know that was so long boy, ago. Boy, please. get over it. Yeah. I had fun with this arc too. Like I loved all of the callbacks to to season three basically from like the shadow coming back into play and uh finding out a little bit more about the lost boys and uh 
bringing in Tiger Lily, which um, connects a little bit to, to the Peter Pan mythos that uh, they introduced back at the tail end of Season 2 and uh, in the first uh, half of the season of Season 3. So I thought it was fun. It was great to see Hook interacting with Tiger Lily. I did find it very weird that she knew a lot. Did anyone else like think that was weird? Because like usually the people in the Enchanted Forest, like they don't know what story Brooke is. I, so I thought yeah. that was like a little I, odd that she just felt, happened to know everything. I felt it made sense because she's like, as soon as she said, I'm a fairy and what happened to the black fairy might've been my fault. I'm like, Oh, so you know that the black fairy created the curse and it makes sense that she like at an, at some point when somebody can cross dimensions, like is nearby her, she's going to take her first shot to be like, here, Here's this piece of wood. Go find out like how how to fix this. Like it that made sense to me. Cause like the Dark Curse didn't create Storybrooke. It was it was used in that way. And at the time that she would have created the Dark Curse, like the Emma of it all, the savior of it all would not have existed. No, because for every curse there's the curses are meant to be broken. So like Rumpel said that at some point, didn't he? Like, mm-hmm. so, for every dark curse, there is a savior. There has always been a savior. Like, But it Aladdin. wouldn't have been Emma at that time. I know, but she didn't know it was Emma. She's like, I, I need you to send this to the savior. She know- There's got to be some backstory that we'll get that explains how she knows so much. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Which I'm excited I, to see. That's how I kind of felt. Was that there's going to be some explanation in the future or something. Because, I mean, it did kind of happen really fast. And we're like, whoa, she knows a lot. Or isn't but... it part of the prophecy? And maybe that's a prophecy that's, like, known through the fairies or something. Like, not, not not in specifics, but that there is a big battle coming. And it's uh, coming into fruition, you know? Like, it, it, we, we heard about mm-hmm. the final battle. I mean, well, David says it in this episode and we're not there yet. How he talks about the final battle and he thought it was the curse from season one but it's actually against the black fairy so maybe that's something that the fairies know except blue doesn't want to tell us shit because she's shady but uh i don't know maybe that could be a thing that's why i said i'm kind of sad that we're not getting more of tiger lily because everything that she said in the small time that she had in this episode was um for the main arc or the main plot of this season and it looks like she could be of of help. So that's why I was like, oh, I want more, man. I was hoping she was going to... But I thought she would go through the door with Hook. And I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. I would like it, but I guess she feels like she still has more to pay for. Yeah, I was uh, disappointed I re- she didn't go through the door. Yeah, it makes me think that she probably did something kind of bad, even if I might not think it might be, depending on what it is. Because um, she should have gone through that door, man. I don't know why she wants to stay with all those hooligans. I know, that right? Island, <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of scary. I mean, realistically, that's uh. There's got to be twenty teenagers in that thing trying yeah. to fight after. Get her. me out! I mean, it I looks know. like we noticed that she could take care of herself, but I don't know, man. If those kids keep growing, and well, maybe she's just gonna keep getting smarter too. I mean, those kids look like they're dumb anyway, so I mean. Oh gosh! <laughs> and for all the people out there. That after the casting of the little Latina girl for the season finale, 
were like speculating because I guess apparently all brown people are the same that oh my gosh that little girl is gonna be a hook and tiger lily's oh, love child that was listen the best. I was like, what? not all brown people are alike native american and latinos are not the same i'm just a saying native american and a white person doesn't make a uh, a little uh, latina Latino. girl uh, you know fa- fandom fandoms tend to get a little crazy with theories especially of an otp <laughs> And it's half of their OTP is going to spend time with another woman or another man. They, they get have a little crazy. <laughs> you know, and, and, knowing, yeah, and knowing Hook, having a, a whole past that we haven't even explored, um, aside from the ones that we have, I mean, it's, can you really put it past him? But well, it's not like they have condoms was... in the Enchanted yeah. Forest. I'm just saying. They're yeah, still working on the know. rhythm I, method. I don't, I don't know if this counts as spoilers or anything because it's not feature spoilers. But they've asked Adam and Eddie were was were Huck and Tiger Lily ever together, and he said, and they flat out said no. So. Yeah, no, I'm not talking about them. I'm just saying he's got a sexual history in the Enchanted Forest. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, even yeah. the people totally bumped uglies. Yeah, yeah. If he, he, it would it wouldn't be the most shocking thing if he had a love child, and even if he did, that's nothing that doesn't really interfere with uh with him and Emma. Honestly, that doesn't. That's something totally separate, but I'm glad they didn't go that way. We already got a lot of soap opera stuff with him and David, so that was just okay. Yeah, so we went way off the rails because Priscilla hasn't even given her thoughts on the storyline. So Priscilla... Let me say... Yes. (laughs) I just want to say, it... This this bit reunited me with my favorite OTP hook slash floor because he always seems to like freaking get like taken advantage of and like falls to the ground we, either because the Lost Boys are kind of shoving him down a hill or Tiger Lily is making him fall asleep like oh it's so great it's so funny like that's just gonna put into like more videos of pictures where he freaking falls it's great but. As for the other stuff, like, I love Tiger Lily as a fairy. She's just a fairy. Let's ignore everything else for now. But, and I also like how, like, introducing new strong female characters is never a bad thing. Seeing her kind of square up against, like, more than 20 lost boys to sacrifice herself for Hook's best chance to get to Emma, like... That, that shows a nobility in her. And I like it just, again, like everybody else, it makes me want to know what the backstory is behind this person. <sighs> Fingers crossed that she's like the orange fairy or like the gold fairy or like something like that to, to interact with the black fairy. And just a side note, but I felt it was really weird that they gave that little piece of driftwood and she's like, it's from a wand that's the most powerful wand that like was used against the dark fairy when we've all already had a wand which was used to cast the cur- like the magic to send Emma forward in time that they said that's the strongest wand cuz that's the black fairy's wand and then they reckon that again with the weird wand with a brain at the bottom that they were like it's the sorcerer's wand it's the most powerful wand like they keep they keep augmenting things. It feels like Dragon Ball Z where you just like go 
higher, like another level, like each and every time. Like somebody gets stronger that way and stronger that way. It's 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 an easy cop out thing. But other than that, yes, that they brought back the shadows. Like I always I always thought like those really cool like magic bits that were just never talked about again. You just saw Pan Shadow and Rumble Shadow and that's it. Like that it was never used again. I prefer when you dig around the mythos to find like old magic that does the trick as opposed to making up new, more powerful stuff all the time. That gets old. That gets easy to do. But props to the writers for picking up shadows again and for the weird sap on the tree that can do it. And for Hook finally using his hook again to do something. Like, I I so thought that he was going to dip it into the sap and somehow cross realms and the sap was going to have the power to do something to the Black Fairy or was going to be used in a potion or something. But... This is better. I liked this. I'm trying to remember, how does one reattach a shadow? I know that they've done it before, but I can't remember. Rumple just called his shadow back to him. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Pan did too. Like, you just. But they're magical. Like, I have a feeling like we had a scene where they had to reattach people's shadows, or no? I'm no, even even when the shadows trying to pull away shadows from Neil and Hook, they just snap back into place. Rumples snap back into place too. The only thing you're thinking of is um the movie where Pan's trying to put his shadow back with soap, and then Wendy has mm-hmm. to stitch it back on. But no, in in Once Upon a Time, it's always been a matter of does the shadow want to go back? Yeah, okay, then just stick it back on. Okay, well then that's simple. Alright, let's get into present day story, Brooke. And we start off with uh, with Emma and David. And uh, they're discussing what they found out uh, at the end of the previous episode. That uh, the final battle, final chapter. Emma all of a sudden starts getting the shaky hands again. Which she hadn't gotten that in a while. So I kind of thought that that was over but i guess it's not and uh, henry's worried everybody's worried because emma's hands are like shaking like really bad now and um so they end up deciding that it is time to end uh, the sleeping curse because snow and uh, charming have to be there for emma and snow agrees with him Although separately, and so they decide to hatch a plan, basically to covertly do this while Emma is sort of like off worrying about the final battle, and um, they plead with Regina to use this potion or something that she has been testing out, and uh, Regina and Zelina concoct the potion in a cauldron, and uh, they um, take the um, Charming's split heart out of. Uh, them and uh, they dip it into the cauldron and uh, the purpose of this is that the um, the liquid the potion in the cauldron would uh, remove the curse from their hearts and so when they pull the hearts out of uh, the cauldron it appears as if it worked and so they place the hearts back inside of them. 
and it turns out that they learned that the Evil Queen had a failsafe, making it impossible for Regina to undo it and causing Snow and David to both fall under the Sleeping Curse permanently by the day's end. And so, uh, later on, David is awakened, and, and Snow is, is back to sleep, and uh, Snow is telling David via a uh, video message, like, what happened, and that apparently they're both going to be asleep forever now, and he notices that where she filmed the video that these petals are like floating around her which i immediately noticed and i was like what the hell is that but i didn't think anything of it but then he notices it and he's like he thinks exactly of it he zooms in and everything and it turns out that those petals are from the pixie flower and so he believes that that flower will help them break the curse because it's helped them in the past and zelina even notes that uh the flower blooms where great evil is present. And so she's like, if you're supposed to be meeting someone evil, they are here in town. And in town, they are. Because the Black Fairy pays a visit to her son and uh, her uh, daughter-in-law at the pawn shop. And she implies that Gideon had no choice in helping her. And uh, Gold challenges her and whips out a potion. But before he can use it on her, the Black Fairy magics the Dark One dagger into her hand and commands him to stop. And she mocks him basically saying that, uh, you know, whatever you try to do, nothing is going to end up happening of it because I am darkness. You know, I invented dark magic uh well that she practically invented dark magic and um she returns the dagger to gold saying that she won't use it to force him to join her that he will do so willingly after he sees the darkness that she will bring and uh what was interesting about that and i don't know if this is retcon but i think we all kind of thought the dark one brought like the dark magic and the darkness because i feel like they sort of said that with the whole nimue storyline her being yeah. the first dark one and nimue i did research is more than is um is she was like 500 some odd years earlier and so that means that if she practically invented it that means that she has to be older than nimue no because they they mentioned that Merlin and Nimue, well, Merlin in particular, started the first, like, magic. Like, we saw an episode with that where, like, magic didn't exist in the world before that. Either the fairies were keeping it to themselves or something, but, like, I have to see... But that, that still like, doesn't negate that she's older than Nimue, because Merlin didn't meet Nimue until years later. Did did she say that she's older than Nimue? Well, if is she's she implying that she like, invented dark magic, then she would have to be old, at least older than Nimue. She says I'm pract I practically invented it. That doesn't mean that she did. Yeah, it doesn't mean she did. That that actually means she didn't. That means that somebody else did. So she it, could have brought it. You know, when someone like invents something and then someone else takes that something and like makes it big. 
then they were a part in the invention pro- process. They were just in the it's, spreading it's, it. It's that whole thing with like Bane in in Batman. Like you, you, you lived in the dark. You were born. You were lived in the darkness, but I was born in it. I was raised in it. I like. She mm-hmm. took darkness to another level. Yeah, Maybe, or it's probably just a chicken and egg situation where they don't really even know the writers that is who mm. came first. We'll know more when we find out the Black Fairy's background. Like, uh, and we do have point, an episode I... dedicated to that. So. Yes, and it's actually yeah. titled that. So hey. Yes. So okay. So uh, Emma wakes Snow up because Snow's a tracker, and they end up tracking. Uh, the pixie flower into this like gorgeous field which that was like a neat special effect it was like very um it, it, it was like a simple special effect but i thought it was really nice how they made the the pixie flowers glow in the snow i thought that was kind of neat and so there's like this entire field of it and so they realize like oh no if there's like this field of pixie flowers and it shows up where there's great evil then um uh, we in danger girl is basically what they were saying and out of the blue the black fairy pops up and introduces herself to emma and she's like you know i made the dark curse and you were made to break it and so it's nice to finally meet you and gideon is there and because they were like how did you and they're like oh well, yeah gideon helped and um so she calls on gideon to basically burn the field of uh, pixie flowers so he disintegrates them in order to make uh, snow suffer and uh, she ends up saying you know a mother shouldn't see her child's death and uh, they poof I love that the black fairy disappears in black smoke like everyone seems to have their own different color when they poof Mm-hmm. I love that hers is black. Uh, I think that's awesome. Yeah, it fits. Exactly. And so they they are crushed because they have no idea what to do next. But Emma discovers that one pixie flower remained. And so they decide that they're going to use that pixie flower to wake up um, David and the Charmings as a whole. So they're about to do that, they're ready to go, and then all of a sudden, this shadow enters the uh, uh, apartment. And initially, they're like, oh no, this is the Black Fairy, you know, trying to stop us and all this kind of stuff. But then they realize that it's Hook's shadow. And so, uh, uh, the, the shadow delivers the wood. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a child. That made me laugh. <laughs> um, and then uh, they notice that the hook is still in the shadow, so they feel that that um, that hook is in trouble. And uh, then the shadow, like I'm assuming that Brittany thought this was romantic. I thought it was so creepy that the shadow ends up like touching Emma on her cheek. Like, oh I, my god I thought that was so weird but uh, we'll discuss that in a moment so I just thought it was weird and um, Snow ends up like you know if Hook's in trouble if he sent his shadow then like you need to use this 
on uh, um, on him because this reunites people with um, their true love and uh, you know we had the chance to use it in the past but we didn't but like you have to like we've sacrificed so much for you Emma that you know we're willing to go under a sleeping curse forever for you so use this to save Hook and you know we'll find out another way to wake uh, us up and so Snow ends up falling asleep and Emma immediately uses the flower to create the portal so the door opens and Neverland. This would have been a really good time for Emma to have used some magic as opposed to just like pushing the Lost Boys aside. So I thought that was weird that she didn't use magic. But she ends up saving Hook and um, he brings it back to Storybrooke and the entire commotion, Tiger Lily breaks free and then runs away and she looks really happy. And the two are finally reunited. And then Hook does what everyone wanted him to do. He finally gives Emma the proper proposal that he should have done since the beginning. He admits that he loves her. He vows to be honest with her. He gets down on one knee. Um, Regina ends up whisking Henry away so that they could have their moment. And he asks Emma to marry him. And she accepts yay so we'll pause right here and we'll discuss everything that's happened from the black fairy and gideon to the pixie flower and the proposal who wants to go first i don't want to okay priscilla oh wait oh because she mentioned that she didn't like the engagement before so i want to hear her thoughts before this (laughs) <laughs> All right, Katie, you got overruled by Priscilla. Brittany, take it away. Really? Does, did anyone like the first proposal? Like, re- tell me, guys, did any no. of you like it? I Katie did. did. I totally I, remember. I, you were just like, I'm, I'm just happy we got it. Yeah, she was like, I'm just happy they got <laughs> so they got engaged. So Katie settled. Katie, hey, you settled for something. I freaking knew that this Ooh, was going to come later. So, hey, we got two. And they both cute. Feel- no, they no, they're not. No, you have to no. ignore the. Okay, whatever. I can't. Just, no, just I go. can't. <laughs> I can't. Look, I am a huge Captain Swan fan, but I will criticize it as well. That's what makes you a really, Excuse really level-headed me? fan. Ooh, that was shady. Yeah, okay, I'm mute. <laughs> that was a read. Ooh, the started something. <laughs> honestly, and even if it wasn't tainted with the the secret that he was holding i didn't like how they went about it because he was drunk um, with 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 emma coming and being like you're gonna propose to me but she has the ring and it just it was all over the place it didn't have the emotion and the genuine like feelings like this one has like here they're back the secret's out and he just like he's like you know what before anything i'm just gonna i'm gonna do this and it was just so it was perfect. It didn't need to be this romantic setting. It, it just had to be in the moment. And it had to be true. And there had to be nothing else holding them down. And it's, that's what made it so pure. We even have Regina and Henry be like, oh, we got to move. We got to move. <laughs> I love mm-hmm. that they have that shot of them like moving out of the way. And it's also, I also really am a big fan of proposals where the guy kneels down, but the, the girl kneels down too. And it's not the first one I've seen that do- that that does that. My other OTP for life did that too. You know, from from Arrow, all the city, they did that as well. So 
This is the season of double proposals. Yeah, I'm telling you, a a lot of my shows had, like, proposals, but this was the one that I enjoyed the most so far that I've seen for this, uh... For the seasons I've been watching for other shows and this one. So it was just... Until maybe another show. Yeah, maybe. They totally redeemed themselves with this proposal. I I loved it. I It was just beautiful. There was no lies, no nothing, and it was just there. And it the I, the, I guess the topping of this was... Um, Hook learning about what happened and what Snow and Charming did for them. Well, not really Charming, just Snow. Snow's the one that did the decision again. But it ties into the flashbacks again that she is just so selfless and um, she 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 believes in true love and she believes that Hook and Emma, that's what they are. And she... It, I think it goes back to what you said, Priscilla, about how you don't like the decision that the snow the, that snowing made in regards to emma having to grow up with a lot of pain you know i mean yes she's better now but she did grow up with a lot of pain without having her parents and being a fo- a, a child of foster care and all that stuff like it's just so bad so here after seeing all that in the flashbacks and for the past seasons and other flashbacks snow's like you know what we put you through hell and i'm gonna choose you over you know me and your dad being awake and that was probably like the ultimate sacrifice, I think. And I think in my eyes, they've been redeemed like a, like a hell of a lot. I loved it. Um, and I also think what follows doesn't really is isn't a cheap way to to get rid of the curse. I think uh, now that they had a whole episode to dedicate to helping uh, break the curse, it made sense. So it was just beautiful that proposal so you liked the creepy shadow touching her explain why yeah because what they did with that scene i mean i'll I'll sometimes criticize and sometimes i won't um they made a really big dramatic thing like as if i was really surprised that first of all emma couldn't tell where where killian was and that she thought i'm like hello shadow yeah, and that she thought he was dead because he brought back the hook, but he didn't really bring back the hook. It got stuck on the on the shadow, so it's like, oh my god, hook, where are you? You're without your hook. You're, you know, you're in danger. You can't use your weapon. Um, I thought that was kind of funny, but the ger- the dramatic part was for her to think that something was wrong was that it was Hook's shadow, and he just kind of slightly caresses her cheek. I thought that was just so like. It, it it showed a lot of yearning for each for for them, and that's the ty- the type of angst I like. And I'm like, damn, it's like it's like his spirit, but like a creepier one that's black and oh you my know, gosh, like it, and looks like it's you know evil because the shadows do look evil. But Pan, it's because Pan's shadow was evil. So, but this was, and I thought it was Pan's shadow at first. Oh my I gosh, like, I was like, how is that happening? But I saw that it was Hook, and then it touched her face, and. It's the longing, I think, that made me appreciate that scene more than the creepy shadow touching her face. It was just like, it's already been like three episodes, we're done. Like, just bring him back. And it was just, it was sad. If they hadn't gotten the proposal after that, that would have been a a little bit more impactful. But I liked what it represented more than what it was, if that makes sense. Okay. So, Katie, your name has been dragged through the gutter (laughs) by Brittany. (laughs) Hell yeah. yeah. So what's your rebuttal? Oh. <laughs> she can't, she can't sit Are with you. you? An enemy today. <laughs> she can't sit with me. <laughs> oh gosh. Katie, try to clear your name up. Oh, I'm not going to. Okay. 
going to. I went oh. over it once. <laughs> no, I liked what we got then because I knew that we would get something much better coming in the future. And we did. We got a good payoff. Uh, it was it was so beautiful. Um, I loved first when Emma went through the door to get him. And then... Why didn't she use magic? Katie, explain. What? Why didn't she use magic? Because... She was just, like, pushing the Lost Boys down. No! Like, I like the fact that she didn't use magic. It's so easy to be, like, push everybody aside that way, like... There are, like, 50 Lost Boys. No! Like, this is Emma who fucking punched Gideon in the face! Like that was the best! Like, instead of using magic, like, you don't have to use magic, and she doesn't reflexively Mm -hmm. use magic. It's not, like... Regina where like it was crafted in her and that's what she originally used. This is the the same Emma that like pushed Regina into a locker room at the first time when Henry was like ate Mm -hmm. the apple turnover. Like she responds physically to things. So this is perfect for me. Like I'm gonna gonna shove these little adolescent pimply faced little teenage boys get get the fuck out of my way. That's my man. (laughs) I don't buy it. She should have used magic. Exactly. That was the best way to explain it. Wow. I love it. So I'm not I'm not even gonna try to go after that. That was good. Um no, the proposal was so beautiful, and I loved how she got down to his level, and she was cupping his cheek, and then he put the ring on her finger, and he had the biggest grin on his face. It was the cutest thing in the world, and I am so happy. I'm just happy. I'm content. They're finally engaged in the proper way. Of course, there you know, had to be some like drama, sadness right afterwards, but it didn't last, so that was good. Okay. Um, Did you like the creepy shadow touching her? I didn't mind that. I thought it was cute. I was like, aw. I mean, you know, it was a shadow. Shadow creature. What what do you got against the shadow? I don't know. It was just so creepy. Apparently, he's got a score to settle. (laughs) No, I appreciate that they brought the shadow in again. Because that's something that was such a big deal, like, during the... Neverland arc, and then we didn't get to see him again, you know, which makes sense. But they brought it back, and I loved that, and they got, you know, a little more emotional side of it. So, I enjoyed it. I was really happy. This second half of this episode, especially these last few scenes, were so powerful and magical, and just what the show is all about. And yeah, it was, I really enjoyed it. Love and hope. And sacrifice and all that kind of stuff. Priscilla, what about you? What did you think of uh, the proposal and everything uh, that's been discussed so far? Well, the proposal, oh my god, it's a balm for my soul. I was so mad at the last proposal. I mean, like, you you cheapened this love. Katie was the only one that liked it. (laughs) Well, if 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 she didn't pay so. Look at the show. You have to settle for the best. <laughs> oh, oh my wow. gosh. Wow. The, the secret wow. theme of the show off. is you have to settle. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> well, because they always have like drama in their relationship. So at least they were engaged. But hey, this is better. I knew this was coming. We're yeah. good now. <laughs> this, I'm this always going to criticize you, Katie, for that. No Whatever. Get out. You're not invited to my table. <laughs> oh. 
Priscilla, you started this. I'm just saying. Uh, uh you. You're the one who had to mention. It. No, I stir the pot. Priscilla, like okay, she, okay. like turned the oven on. <laughs> I just I don't know like I felt like this was the 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 proposal that we were waiting these this couple isn't the type of couple that's like we will put the Jolly Roger out and have like a romantic dinner out at sea and at sunset I'm like no these are people that have gone through shit and just want to be together I felt kind of like those in those war movies where like you know that the soldier may or may not return so like it's the last ditch like I love you I want to be with you forever like that sort of Pearl Harbor shit like I loved it I I feel like it the proposal was right for them and for Emma to kind of kneel down and be at his level and to say yes that way like it's a special sort of happiness and before that I I I didn't think the shadow thing was creepy at all. I it, Maybe it's the romantic in me, but the shadow left Hook, and Hook kind of knew it was the death sentence that like he wasn't going to be able to go to her. So if there's only one part of him that gets to like see Emma again and help her, like it stands to reason that he touches her lovingly because it's like the last part of him that gets to be with her till the end <laughs> like that's that's beautiful it's very I twilight loved the, i i loved the shadow like this is the, he's he's not watching her sleep at night like he's just he just touched her well cheese. you never know oh my god i i liked that and i liked the her getting the hook and feeling like sad for like two seconds until she figures out like Hook is still alive and we can still save him. My my one thing, the thing that bothered me is when uh, Snow says like, no, I'm going to give this to you to give you your best chance. I'm like, uh, you have another kid. You have baby Neil. He kind of needs his parents too. Are you going to abandon another one of your kids again? What the fuck? Like, that was weird to me. It's fixed by that ending which was beautiful and perfect and I love it but at the time I was like huh why baby Neil needs you He's, his crib is probably right behind you what what is going on here what if Emma dies who takes care of baby Neil then like Henry Henry's probably gonna die too with his weird sort of author seizures <laughs> that he's having like all, all I'm saying is it, the times are bleak for baby Neil uh just but apart from that it was a beautiful moment to have hook return again my that thing with baby neil bothered me and the tiger lily not running for the portal and going into that also was like no why i wanted to see her in storybook but we'll get more of her i know it Yeah, I didn't like the tire lid didn't run for the door either. But uh I was like, you know what? She seemed happy. So she she did what she needed to do. And uh, I was going to say for mm -hmm. that maybe the, maybe she just like still doesn't feel like she's redeemed herself or whatever. So Yeah, Tinkerbell she, had that thing too. 
Yeah. It, it looks like she can take care of herself. Yeah, I, I have faith in Tiger Lily. And uh, the proposal I thought was really nice. Uh, the shadow was creepy, in my opinion. Um, the the whole thing with the Black Fairy and Gideon and uh, the Pixie Flowers was like a really neat scene. Like I love whenever like the villain meets Emma for the first time because they like go there and they're all like cocky as fuck and like they got all this bravado like ha 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 I'm gonna take you down it, like it, it just it, it brings me joy like um the Black Fairy was like chewing up all of the scenery which I approved of and uh, yeah I, I loved uh, the storyline in the present day the little giggle she gives like it's so fairy-like and light until you realize she's evil and then it just twists the entire thing around. I love when she giggles. It's creepy. Like, that's... Ooh. Like, I, I, I expect bad things to happen when she laughs. Oh my. So, continuing on with the story, Regina has an idea, but she says it's a risky one. But everyone's willing to try it out. At least everyone that's there. And so she calls upon not all of the residents of Storybrooke. Some of our favorites and some random people that we've never seen before. To meet at the mayor's um, office. And uh, she ends up speaking to the residents that show up about Snow and Charming. And what they sacrificed by allowing Emma to start her destiny to save everyone and she explains that in this chalice she has uh, a small portion of the sleeping curse that the evil queen created and her thinking is if everyone that's there takes a sip of uh, the sleeping curse potion because the sleeping curse was made for just one heart in the shared heart that the Charmings uh, have, that if everyone sips it, then they will have the Sleeping Curse, and that would completely dilute the purpose of the Sleeping Curse, which would then negate the Sleeping Curse, and which would wake everybody up. And so, our, our like core group drinks it first. Uh, Grumpy was very hesitant, but everyone ends up sipping from it, and at some point, you know the um, the the curse-breaking wave of light thing ends up happening, and the Charmings wake up, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, you did it!" And they're like, "No," and they look around, and all of the people that were there are asleep. And so, uh, Snow and David end up waking the residents, and uh, she tells uh, Emma that she won't have to face the final battle alone. Uh, David also gets an apology from Hook about his father, and David forgives him, basically saying, it happened so long ago, and you're a changed man, so we're still bro-TP. And then after all this, or elsewhere in town while this is happening, Gold meets 
with the Black Fairy out on the streets of Storybrooke. And Gold is basically like, you know, I'm not going to be joining you. I'm not even going to be willingly be joining you. And Gideon didn't willingly join you either. He's like, I know that you have Gideon's heart. And uh, you have been manipulating Gideon uh, with his heart to, uh, uh, you know, do stuff against his will. But he's starting to rebel. He left one of the pixie flowers there and, uh, and all this kind of stuff. And so um, the Black Fairy is not having any of that. Gold is like, he knows that Belle is his true mother. And um, it's his mother's love and being a part of his mother that is allowing him to resist you. And... Um, the, the Black Fairy insists that it, it's, it is impossible. And Gold is like, you know, we will get Gideon's heart back. And um, she responds with, you know, if you do something like that to me, then our fight will be a head-on collision. And Storybrooke could end up being destroyed entirely. And Gold says that that is the price he is willing to to pay. Burm, 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 burm. Okay, so let's discuss the sleeping curse being broken and that really intense scene between the Black Fairy and Rumpelstiltskin under a streetlight. We'll start off with Priscilla. I think it was a huge contrast, like that Snow and, and Prince Charming basically gave up their best chance to be together to for the sake of Emma and for the sake of the town in the past and finally like the that creates dividends like the the townspeople decide they've done so much for us what's this little that we're going to do for them and they didn't really know it was going to be little like it could have been a lot worse but they were willing to risk it all it 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 feels like when the dark curse hit for the second time when all the townspeople got together in um in granny's diner and they decided to trust emma and them with the magic bean like it it shows that sense of community and so priscilla since the townspeople forgave the Charmings, does that mean that you have forgiven them? Uh, again, like, I've I've forgiven them before. Like, forgiving them doesn't necessarily equate to forgetting the fact that, that that's a real shit thing to do. Like, I, 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 I can tell that they mean well, but that doesn't mean that's the right decision that, to make. But that's, that's neither here nor there. V for Vendetta. <laughs> I just I loved them all joining up together. I love the fact that Regina is so fabulous that she's like I'm not going to fall down asleep with all of you heathens. I'm going to fall asleep in my armchair and wake up nicely instead of all sprawled out on the I floor. know, right? Like <laughs> I thought that was fucking fabulous. <laughs> um apart from that like I liked the fact that they said that they're family. And right away, they cut to the Black Fairy wanting Rumple to be with her 
because that's how she's going to be Emma with family, with Gideon by her side, with Rumple by her side. All three of the, all three of the, like, the, of the with generations in her together. Books. With Belle gone, like, because who's Gideon's, like, real, in quotations, mother? Not the one that birthed him, but the one that raised him, according to her. Like, she wants Gideon under her control. She doesn't care if Gideon loves her honestly or loves her because she has his heart. It's... I, again, like, I like her because she's so evil. She just doesn't care. Like, all the, these villains that say, no, I'm not a bad person. No, she fully realizes I am a terrible person. I'm just going to laugh and wait for them to join me because they're going to step up when I need them to. Like, I, and I liked Rumple like, chewing the scenery right back at her. Like, they're both really good actors to feed off of one another. Like, I... I I believed him when he said, I, I, I know what you're doing and I'm not going to fall in line. I'm not going to do what you say. Like, this is one of the first times I'm like, yeah, Rumples. Like, it's very few and far between. Do I ever say, like, he's doing what's right, but he's doing what's right. Good job, Rumple. Well, there you go. I liked how they broke the curse. I, I really loved it. I, I thought it was very symbolic of uh, the Charming's journey and how they really have been saving all these people's asses for like a long ass time since the Enchanted Forest days. So it was great to see the town step up for them, even though it really was only like 10 people. I'm like, did, did no one else get the town bulletin that they were supposed to meet at the mayor's office? But I like that we got to see our favorites, the people that we've seen since season one. There was a little moment between Granny and Marco, which I loved, or Granny slash Geppetto, Granny and Geppetto, I should say. Um, Grandpetto. Grandpetto is happening, baby. Like, they picked right. both each other up together and they look lovingly into each other's eyes. I'm like, yeah, it's happening. It's happening. Get oh, it, Grandpetto. I can get behind. Grandpetto is right. I love it. She, he's watch. got the wood. She's got the lasagna. Oh they dear God! Mash yes. it up together, baby. Um, I, I loved the scene between Rumple and the Black Fairy. Much like what Priscilla said, there are very few times when I can cheer on Rumple, but I, I really liked that whole uh, evil dynamic. I hope that Rumple shares with everybody else, though, that Gideon doesn't have his heart. Because sometimes Rumple keeps information to himself. I hope that he shares with the class what he has learned, what he has discovered about Gideon. And I also liked that uh, Snow was basically like, we're going to defeat the Black Fairy because you have us. And I also liked um, what Priscilla had mentioned, that, uh, that Snow said that basically the, the town is their family which I thought that was really awesome as well. The only teeny tiny little itty bitty problem that I have with the storyline, even though I'm loving the storyline, is that it feels so rushed. And I get it. They are uncertain if the series will be renewed. But they've had an entire season. that, like The, the whole point of this season six that they made a huge deal about at the beginning of um, the season, 
or pre the start of the season was the fact that this was an entire season arc that they weren't going to do a half arc you know a 6a a and a 6b it was just going to be an entire arc over the entire season and i feel like they've wasted a lot of time and now they're rushing to the end like i would have loved and i know i said this before and in, in i think it was the the previous podcast i wish that they would have introduced the black fairy earlier that we would have gotten to know her a little bit more and seen her be menacing a lot more and now that in this episode they introduced the fact that tiger lily is related to the black fairy storyline i wish they would have introduced tiger lily sooner like it just feels like they're rushing, rushing, rushing to the end. And this episode was kind of like, break all the curses, reunite the OTPs, because we've got shit to do um, these last few episodes. And it just feels incredibly rushed. I'm here for the ride. I'm enjoying the ride. It's just going, like, from zero it's to, like, too fast. 75. Yeah, like, incredibly fast. And, and it's just, it's disappointing because the story is rich and interesting and, and and I feel like if they would have just spread it out over a few more episodes, it, it just, you know, it would have been like mm-hmm. Donald Trump, our president, talks about like this giant delicious chocolate cake. And so it would have been like a giant delicious chocolate cake for us where we would have been like enjoying like little pieces like every week. And instead, it's like, um, you know, it's it's like you have a, a uh, ice cream sundae and it's like melting. And so you're like rushing to eat it before it just turns into like liquidy goop. So that's the only problem that I have. Like I said, I'm loving what we're seeing, but it's just so damn rushed. Like they could have introduced all these elements a little bit earlier and we could have enjoyed the character a little bit more. And I know I'm going to get a flack for this, so I'm just going to say it. And then I'm going to transfer to someone else so that if they want to respond... Listen, I love that Captain Swan is together. I love that they are engaged. I hate that they're getting married in two episodes. Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. I agree. I, I, I know that that's controversial. Like, Katie probably hates me now because I said that. Oh, my gosh. Katie likes to settle, so you. I think she's... Oh. Scared. The pot. Oh, my God. <laughs> Good grief. Katie, but I'm I just... <laughs> I'm so, like two episodes like we're in episode what was this 17 we're gonna see two episodes and then the 20th episode is here and they get married like it i just i can't like it it feels like shotgun wedding and this is a show about fairy tales you're not supposed to have a shotgun wedding in a fairy tale so that's my only problem with it although i like that they're together i dislike that they're getting married in two episodes and especially since we're not going to have a time jump. So it's not like in two episodes, it's going to be six months later. In two episodes, it's going to be two episodes from now. I'm a Captain Swan fan, so I completely agree. I wish we would have had like it more strung along. I, I, like, I have no idea how to, how to phrase that. But like, I wish we would have had more time for this to marinate. For us to have cute moments where Mary Margaret's picking out snowbells for their wedding bouquet or something like yes going to buy the wedding dress or something Mm -hmm. but since we're like i keep thinking to myself like they keep saying final battle so it feels like those we're off to war things and like what do you do at that time like you kiss your lover goodbye you try and make it so that you guys are together in the end so you don't get a dear john letter at some point like it feels like they're trying their best to 
love each other as much as they can before she might lose. Like it, which sucks as the viewer, but like, hey, we're get. It feels like we're settling. And the only time I felt that way this time, because I I appreciated the the uh, proposal. What I didn't like was Hook being like, "So, I haven't told you about what happened to." Oh, I didn't Dan. even discuss that. Yes. I, I, oh no, Emma told me that we that that you told that what happened with our dad. What I just want to say is, you're a better person now. Claps on the back. Thank you, dude. Yeah, bro, got you back. Like, that was basically <laughs> it. Yeah, I I did not mind that he came to that realization. I feel like he came to it, like, extremely fast. Because we had an entire charming episode where he was frantic over his father's death. And then Emma told him, and then the next episode, he's like, oh, okay, you know what, I've calmed down. Like, we're cool. Like, if... We would have have had more time, like if they would have spread it out a little bit more instead of like rushing towards the end. We would have had like a little bit more like angsty drama type of stuff, which I think I mean I we would have found interesting. Obviously, we would not have wanted it to last for like half a season or something, but like a couple episodes show us that you know the revelation rocked him a little bit, but we didn't get that, so I don't know, Katie. Um, Priscilla gave me the perfect segue because she was talking about settling. So, Katie, what did you think of the ending? What? Oh my gosh. Okay, anyways. Boom, 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 boom. I agree that things are rushed. Like, they had a whole season to do this, and yet they didn't. And I really do think it's because they were not expecting to be in this situation. They weren't expecting to be in a situation where they're like, oh, well, we might not get another season, so we've got to wrap it all up. Um, And they were already too many episodes into writing it by the time they came to that realization. So things naturally get rushed, and it sucks, especially for us as viewers, because... with the current storyline ending, we want things to not feel rushed. We want them to feel like we get a proper ending. And we're not getting that almost, which sucks a lot. But at the same time, I'm just going to enjoy everything we are getting and not complain about it because it's not going to change, unfortunately. Um, I'm just going to try to enjoy what we've got while we have it. What? So you're settling. (laughs) Well, yeah, I'm Katie, settling. Katie. Like, no, yes, no, I I'm, I'm with you, Katie. I, I think, uh, I think we're out of options right now. Honestly, like, there's nothing. Unfortunately, there's nothing you can do. Like I, mm-hmm. I agree. It's, it is being rushed. But unfortunately, there's nothing we as a viewer can do about that. So, like for me, who's been with the show since the very beginning, I just want to enjoy what I can while I have it. Um, but putting all that aside, I thought that the way that they went about um, breaking their curse was a very creative way to do it, and it involved everybody, which is, you know, what the show has been about. You know, in the first season, we always saw the dwarves coming in and out. We always saw Granny and Geppetto and all these people, you know, milling around in the background. Sometimes they were involved. And I liked how they brought them all together. Uh, It shows how far they've come. We see Regina making a potion to 
break their curse rather than to create a curse for them. And we see the townspeople working with Regina to help break this curse for Snow and Charming. And it was just really powerful. It shows the character development that the show has always been good at. That is one of the things that they are very good at is character development. And they, this just really emphasized that. And I really enjoyed that. Um, so, I mean, all I can say is that I really did enjoy it. And the black fairy, like that ending, I loved when Rumple, well, when she said that Gideon will always obey me because I have his heart and Rumple's like, and yet, he still found a way around it and her face just fell. And it does show that Gideon isn't completely evil. He can still push past the um, curse of having his heart taken out and having to be at the will of the black fairy. And I do enjoy that. I do enjoy that a lot. Um, But I can't remember which one of you said it, but I'd love the black fairy, for the fact that she's just pure evil because she wants to be. I mean, at this point, we don't really have an explanation for if she has a backstory that led to this. But I kind of like it when we get characters who are just evil for evil's sake. Like, it makes it takes them to a whole new level that is creepy. And like Corella. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. She. That's a very good example because that was one of my favorite episodes. Simply because we get a villain who's just evil because they want to be there's no reason that you can't put a reason behind it and make it human i guess you can say so this it it just really makes her character seem like she really is the big bad which she is let's hope i like how they went well yeah i like how they went about it so yeah because she could get an entire flashback that shows that she was like this pretty she was the pink fairy and then she turned into the black fairy or something i know now i'm worried that they're gonna do that it was malcolm's fault she had sex with malcolm and malcolm (laughs) turned her evil because it was so horrible oh my gosh that's another guy that was like evil for the sake of being evil malcolm malcolm was a dick i was about to say isn't peter pan also kind of like super evil like there's nothing we, we've never yeah. sympathized with him either like well malcolm yeah malcolm peter pan yeah mm-hmm. and then when he co- and then he keeps coming back and he's still he's still a little bitch like mm-hmm. i mean yeah. Uh, no, no backstory for him is like, oh, just man, I feel for this guy. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really interested for the Black Fairy's backstory because I feel like they got to be equal on that ground. I want to mm-hmm. know. I want to know. Is, was she black? Always a black fairy? Or did she turn black and she's evil? Like I, I I'm interested, and yeah. maybe I do want her to just be evil. Well, Brittany, take it away. Your thoughts on the end of the episode. Uh, okay, quick summary. I thought it was really, really funny <laughs> when uh, they were doing with it where everybody gets into the mayor's office and Regina has to explain what's going on and everyone's passing a, uh, passing the, the blood of Christ around. That made sense for Easter for the day. It, oh gosh, it, uh, Katie, why don't you pick up on that? I said... Well, when I first saw them drinking out of the cup, I was like, oh, is this communion? <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> so, Catholic but, communion. <laughs> aside from that, uh, from that thing that I caught, you know, it was funny. I really want to point out that 
my favorite part of that was that Regina drank first and then it was Hook. I really that that just was amazing. I mean, Regina's already shown a lot of growth and her relationship with Snow in particular has been amazing, but I think this was like a highlight in how far Regina has come and how she sees Snow and Charming right now. And you know, it could have been Emma to be the first one to drink cuz it's her parents, but no, Regina drinks it and then it's Hook that drinks it and it's just it was just perfect. That was so beautiful. And it just adds to Regina's character growth and warmth um, more because it was just amazing. Um, as for the whole... I, I know I was one of the ones that talked about this, but the whole... I was wondering how they were going to resolve uh, the hook and charming stuff and what was going to happen. And I was really upset about that because I didn't know how... How are you going to pat him on the back and stuff? But... Um, I think what made it okay for me in this scene when they were talking and he was like, you know, I'm pretty sure Emma hasn't told you or told you, um, is definitely the actor for Hook, for Colin, the way he responds to the forgiveness of, uh, of Charming. If you go back and rewatch that, he's on the verge of tears. He feels overwhelmed by how forgiving um charming is about this and not not that he's like sugar like you know he's just going past it like well you're a better man now and blah blah like yes that's all true but it's not just words i think he actually completely means that and i and if you look at the the acting there it's just it's really beautiful it reminds me of that episode where hook was there for for charming and and charming just kind of falls to the ground and his head is resting on you know, Colin, and it's like, bro, oh, Colin, uh, Hook, and it's like, bro, TP status, like, here, it was almost the exact same thing, it was so small, but it was very impactful, and maybe that was just me looking into that, but I was looking forward to this, so I guess that's what I got out of it, and that just shows the acting, I mean, he was legit, I don't even think he was so much afraid of telling Emma what happened, but he was definitely afraid of how that would affect the relationship he has with Charming, considering Charming was like, you're never going to get with Emma, blah, blah, in season three. And even, you know, Snow didn't like him either. So to come this far and to feel that kind of forgiveness is just, it's amazing. And again, and it shows what kind of people Charming and Snow are. So, and that's why everyone sticks up for them in that final moment. Just, just really beautiful. And the Black Fairy and Rumpel, really nice little mini showdown with words. Um... I like that Rumple figured it out. I would have hoped Belle would, but I think her never-ending faith is kind of kind of shows that. So I do hope Rumple tells her, and I think he will, um, because I think he needs Belle to help and save his son. And I think I just want to point out here about the heart when people when in this show when they take your heart. Uh, I want to compare that to. Uh, I know a lot of people don't watch it, but I, I do talk about the Vampire Diaries, where they, where the vampires have an ability to turn off their humanity, so they don't really feel empathy. They feel emotions, even though they say you're not supposed to feel emotions, but they feel them. It's just not the ones that matter that will cause you to do reckless things. So here, I think, even though the Black Fairy has his heart, she doesn't control his feelings. She just tells him what to do. And a lot of the scenes of the Black Fairy in this episode where Gideon's, like, hanging out around her, you can see on his face that he's not with her. And I really love that Rumpel's able to, you know, he gets that. I mean, he's taking a lot of hearts, I guess, or he's seen Regina take a lot of them. So that's, I think, one thing we should clear up for fans if they're still confused. 
that he still feels stuff and you can still read his face even if his heart's not in him. Um, so I just I'm I'm excited to see all that. I can't wait and the Black Fairy, I hope she's truly evil because that means that no talk no jutsu like in Naruto oh is gonna work. It means that you don't you can't you can't reason with someone who's truly evil like in the other you know, bads that we've had, you know, like, stop this, you're better than this, and blah, blah. It's like Black Fairy's like, I ain't better than this girl. I've always been like this. So there's less time for talking and more time for action. So I'm super excited. All right, now. So we had an epic battle earlier in the podcast. I have a feeling we might have an epic battle right now over the MVP. It's time for the MVP, the most valuable player, the character that impressed you the most, and why... The rule is simple. If somebody mentions a character that you want to pick, you have to pick a different one. So let the battle royale begin. And we'll start off with Priscilla. Since she um, she started the war, but she wasn't really involved in it. She, she, let, she let her pawns fight. <laughs> Damn, way to make me sound like the Black Fairy. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna give it to Hook. Like, I loved the Neverland callbacks. I loved seeing Hook feel genuinely remorseful. Like, the way Brittany said, like, we've been waiting for that friggin' ever. Like, it felt really short-changed, but I don't know, he made up for it with his, like, sad lies. I even liked Hook's shadow, even though, like, here it was called creepy. Like, it, I really liked it. I enjoyed it. And I, God, I love the fact that they gave us a band-aid for that wound of an engagement that we saw before. No, this one takes the cake. I loved it. Hook, for sure. My MVP. All right. I'm going to go next. And my MVP is... Granny. No. My MVP... (laughs) is Tiger Lily. Okay, no shocks. That means I didn't take anybody's. Damn no, that, that, no. that's... <laughs> Katie, oh, you're late. That's a good Tiger Lily. <laughs> Katie's like Sorry, 50, I'm late. I'm 50 minutes late. <laughs> okay, so oh. Tiger Lily because A, I loved that they brought the character on the show. B, I love that they actually gave the role to a Native American actress. Like, they, they've had problems in the past, let's just say, with characters that started off as one race as a child, and then was a very different race as an adult. Um, so, props and kudos to the casting department. And I just, I loved the actress. I thought she brought this, like, tough, strong, um, you know, badass female vibe to the show, and uh, I... You know, even though I sort of picked on the fact that she kind of knew a lot, but I did like that, you know, if they're going to rush the storyline, might as well. She's like, I got all this stuff. I need to send it to the savior. Let's do this. So uh, I like that she helped the plot. I like that she has this weird weapon that we're going to be using at some point. And uh, I look forward to seeing more of her in the future. I really enjoyed seeing her interaction with uh, Hook, as well as like being this kick-ass, badass chick with uh, the Lost Boys. So kudos to Tiger Lily. And um, 
because I'm feeling kind of evil. Uh, Brittany, you can go next. Oh, and my You can gosh. maybe oh steal Katie's gosh. next person. <laughs> I figured it out. Jeff is the Black Fairy. Yes! I am. Uh, I believe that. <laughs> oh, my. oh my god. No. That was a creepy though. Holy shit! <laughs> I, I want to cheat and I want to pick two people, but I can't. Oh my god, you so should because I know one of those two is going to be Katie's. Oh, yeah. No, no I'm yeah. not going to let you cheat. Can Sorry. I pick an OTP as the. <laughs> as the well, they do share a heart. That's true. So is that a loophole? No. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, sorry, Katie. You know me, man. I gotta, I gotta go with my heart this episode. Um, which is surprisingly weird because I feel like I don't have one. But when I watch this show, it's like it gives me one, like a fake one, like to borrow for like 42 minutes. So, <laughs> yeah, my MVP's gotta go to Snow White. Uh, it real. This episode highlighted basically snowing as the as what the episode was going to be about and uh just snow white again giving us reasons to love her again because i feel like she's gotten a lot of hate recently i mean i've criticized her a little bit too like when they made her uh be guard for uh zelina and she just let her go like i was like snow really come on snow come on dude come on we know we know you but in this episode she was amazing in the flashbacks and um in the present she's so selfless it was just it it was a joy having an episode dedicated to the original otp and the names that probably drew us to watching this show i mean when we thought about it we're like oh it's about fairy tales but then they're like they they showed snow white and charming you're like oh my god i want to see what these stories or what their story is going to be and I feel like that's we got a lot of that this episode. I miss this. When I watched it, I realized how much I miss them. And I miss Snow White being... I mean, I know she's the main character, but I, I really missed her taking some center and stage. And this showed that when they do that, you're going to enjoy the episode. Especially if you're a Snow White fan. So Snow White did her thing. And she was amazing. And it was through her selfish... Selfish? Wow. Selflessness is how the spell got to be broken. And it got Regina to help her and everyone else. So, Snow White, you're, you're my MVP. Okay. <sighs> oh. <laughs> oh. Okay. <laughs> oh, Dang Black Fairy. She's going to pick Black Fairy. Katie's going to pick, like, Henry. <laughs> Black Fairy because I'm going to turn into her and, like, help oh. in, like, two seconds. <laughs> Katie, who is your MVP? Is it Henry? No. <laughs> It's, no, it's Lost Boys extra Snow. number two. Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll pick the opposite. I'll pick Charming. <laughs> oh, Katie's cheating on the what? test. I'm not cheating. No one no, picked Charming. needs to pick him because yeah, yeah. There you go, Katie. Both of them were really good in this episode. Like if I could, if I could pick Snowing, I would have picked Snowing. But. I'll pick one side of them. They were both great. Um, everything that Brittany was saying. But, like, I loved that scene with Charming and Emma where he, like, kisses her forehead. And then they have, like, a little talk. And then she hugs him. And then later on he just... It, it happened really fast. But where he, like, forgives Hook. And then when he takes charge right after he's in a coma and, like... 
that moment okay my favorite moment in the entire episode was when he saw emma and like started crying he's like oh she's so beautiful and so he gets major props for making me cry during that scene so charming is my mvp of this episode to be fair like i totally like if it wasn't hook i was gonna pick charming so (laughs) good on you yeah Katie feels vindicated. I like it. (laughs) All right. I feel like we have a lot of bushels ready. So it's time to rate the episode on the Apple scale. 1 to 10. Point system is allowed. And if you deem an episode worth more than 10, you may grant it the coveted golden apple. And we'll go in reverse order. So that means, Katie, you're first. Yes! Okay, well, I am going to give this episode a 10. Not going to give it a golden apple because I felt like some things were a little rushed or like too convenient. But it was almost perfect. I love for I love Tiger Lily, the introduction of Tiger Lily. I love the snow and charming bits. I loved how they got out of the sleeping curse. I loved a lot about it. My only concern was a few of the things felt a little convenient and I did in the beginning feel like it was a bit of a retcon but like I said I'm just trying to enjoy what we've got now so it was just a really season one-esque episode and I did really enjoy it and we got to see a lot of Snow and Charming so that's always a good thing Brittany man I feel like I'm gonna rate this like higher than everybody man I'm giving this episode a golden apple (gasps) um I have nothing bad to say about this episode there was nothing in it that made me mad or angry or sad honestly it gave me everything I wanted that I've been asking for we got the Captain Swan proposal uh in a best in the best way possible we got uh the arc for Hook actually meaning something um he had to do something for Emma and even if he couldn't make it to her he was at least going to take that object to her so what so his arc ties in with the present and a little bit of angst for Captain Swan we got snowing in the flashbacks and in the present and it just went full circle um and they got to shine and I loved it and the 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 theme for snowing is so beautiful it makes me cry um the resolution for hook and charming and it was very emotional and beautiful and then just the way they broke the sleeping curse i think we've been complaining the most about the sleeping curse uh we want it to be over we need them together and their reunion i feel like we didn't really nobody touched on that but that's okay um i'll touch on it now was just so beautiful they wake up and they look at each other and they they haven't been with each other you know, and so long, and you kind of forget about that when you're watching the episode. So they just, they hug, and then they realize what their family did for them. And it's just, it's, if you're going to talk about an episode of Once Upon a Time, I feel like this is one of those episodes that I would probably show somebody, even though they'd be really confused. But this is what it's about. So Aww. definitely a golden apple. All right. So uh, I agree with one of you, and that person... <laughs> Unfortunately, is Katie. Um, oh, I, kn- oh. I, kn- no, I knew I knew you were gonna go there because of that damn shadow. No, it wasn't the shadow. Actually, <laughs> to be quite honest, it wasn't the shadow. Like I could have given this a golden apple, but 
just because it's rushed, like, my problem is, is that it just, everything was rushed in this episode. While, I, as I mentioned before, I loved it, I enjoyed it, I liked all the callbacks, you know, from season one to uh, the pan arc. I thought it was a really strong episode, but it's just, it's too rushed, and and the rushiness of it just makes me not be able to give it a golden apple. But I'm giving it a 10. Uh, 10 apples, solid episode. What about you, Priscilla? Um, I'm giving it a 10, too. Like, but that, that wasn't, wasn't a big shock. Like, there was a couple of things that I was like, wait, but no. And then they fixed it. But it didn't feel like the best fix. I, I completely agree with you. It feels rushed. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't base this off of just one episode it's been like that the entire season so I, I i don't grade it as harshly for that i just grade it as harshly because there are a couple of like loopholes little twists there that weren't completely tied up like as as tightly as i'd like to so 10 not gold but definitely not bad all right katie I know that deep down in your bushel of apples, <laughs> you have some spoilers for us. I do. It's time to get a little spoilery. Let's dive into some spoilers for upcoming episodes of Once Upon a Time. This is an official spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. As always, you can check out our official Facebook like page by visiting facebook.com forward slash Storybook Weekly Mirror. And you can visit my site at storybookmare.tumblr.com. So, we have some fun things to go over. Um, first of all, just a little note. In the 20th episode, which is a musical titled The Song in Your Heart, um, the actress who plays young Emma Swan will be in a small part of that episode, she revealed. So we have that to look forward to. Um... Also, if you have not seen already, they released the poster for this episode, and it is a hook with, it's Hook's hook, with wedding bands around them, around it, and it's really cute, so you definitely want to check that out. We haven't had, like, new art in a long time, so that's kind of exciting. Well... Yeah, it's been like two seasons since. They usually just art. reuse the apples yeah. and they change change we've the had, colors and they use the eyes again. We've had some, we've had some art throughout the seasons, but the last original type art that wasn't hasn't been a reuse was like two seasons ago. So this is exciting. So EW came out with an article after the episode, and they. Um, did an interview with Josh Dallas and Jennifer Goodwin. And so they kind of asked, you know, how what's Snow's reaction going to be to the upcoming wedding? And Jennifer Goodwin responded with, what is the word for the bridezilla mom? Well, we're going to invent one. She's like mother of the bridezilla. No, she's like motherzilla of the bride. She's all things wedding all the time. So... We kind of have that to look forward to with Snow White in regards to her daughter getting married. Um, so that'll be kind of fun to see. Um, there was an article put out about contract negotiations and season seven. And this was done by um, 
TV line. And so here's what they had to say. As previously reported, original cast members Jennifer Morrison, Lana Priya, and Robert Carlyle, as, as well as longtime series regular Colin O'Donoghue, Donahue, have been invited to extend their expiring packs with the fairy tale based drama, while others, including Jennifer Goodwin and hus husband Josh Dallas, might only guest star as needed in any possible season seven. Um, they said that rumors have swirled in recent weeks about who, in fact, did resign, re but ABC isn't confirming any extensions or exits. Adam said that we have the answers to that, which we can't share, but the story has been designed around it. Um, Eddie said, any changes that we have to accommodate have been accommodated. We planned this finale from the beginning of the year, so whoever stays and whoever goes, all those questions have already been dealt with. The audience does not have to fear anything feeling incomplete. And I believe in another interview, they also said that the storylines for the characters who will be leaving or staying will be wrapped up. So you don't have to worry about any of the exiting characters not having a proper ending. Mm -hmm. um, for example, Zelina is more than likely leaving, but she had a scene that wrapped up her storyline and left her in a good place. So for the people who are worried about that, apparently they do not need to worry. Yeah. I think it's a teeny tiny fib saying that they knew whatever, whatever at the end of yeah. the season. Like, yeah. they're trying to save face, which I get you kind of have mm -hmm. to do at this point in time. Yeah. But I think it's, you know, I don't know. I think yeah. it's kind of cheap how they're also, saying it. it's posturing for sure. Yeah, and I, mm -hmm. I, I think it's weird that in all of these articles, like, every single article, they reference the core cast. And I get it. I You know, I think we all sort of, like, had the idea that uh, Zelina wasn't going to be returning. But they never mention Emily. They never even say, like, they always say, oh, and the, and the oh, Charmings, yeah. they'll be back in, like, guesting every once in a while. But they never say Emily anything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we have no idea what's going on with that. Like, if she's going to be guest starring, if she is going down to... They could potentially bump her down to just recurring. Yeah, and which she she's been in the past. as often as she does, because that's basically what she's doing now. She's just getting paid more for being core cast series regular. So, Because I, I know their main thing is they're trying to cut costs to keep the show going. And so by doing that, they will have to reduce pe some people to recurring, get rid of some people. Obviously, they're doing that with um, Jennifer Goodwin and Josh Dallas um, and uh, Rebecca Mater. So... I guess we'll see what happens with Emily. Yeah. We didn't go into this before, Katie, but maybe you can correct mm -hmm. me if I'm wrong, because I feel like we had a discussion about this late at night one night in, in secret <laughs> from from secret everyone meetings. else. Yes. Secret cabinet meetings. Yes. If I'm not mistaken, um, Once has a history of, like, always ending the season at around the same time. Like, let's say, mm -hmm. you know... I don't think it's this, but like, let's say middle of March every year is when they end. Supposedly, this season, they added some filming dates post when they usually end the season. So, I think, because we discussed this, because I, I remember saying to you, does that mean that maybe they might have an inkling 
or just in case if they end up getting canceled, maybe they film some additional wrap-up stuff so that it's not like a castle type of ending where they just tack on a um, a musical montage of uh, a happy ending. Mm. And I, if I recall correctly, I said probably not. I mean, it is a possibility, but there's been no inkling that they did film an alternate ending type thing. Um, they, like they do all the time, they might not have guest characters or actors at the time that they need them to film for an episode. They might have to do some ADR. They might have to do some studio work that needed to be redone because it just didn't work out the way they originally thought it had. Um, it is a possibility, but I tend to lean towards no, um, I think that they just reshot scenes that needed to be reshot or added in scenes that they didn't have the actors or guest actors available to them at the time that they were shooting. Um, but I, I mean, it is a possibility that they did add stuff in to wrap up the storyline just in case it does end. So... Who knows at this point? Like, everyone is so... I think everyone is genuinely so confused about what's happening. Yeah. I'm just scared that they're going to get a castle ending. I know. I hope not. I really hope not. (laughs) Um, But, yeah. So, moving on from Season 7 and all of that, back to the current season, EW did another hot seat interview with the... um, Mm, the showrunners, that's the word I'm looking for. And here's some of the most interesting questions from the article. Um, someone asked, are we going to find out why the Black Fairy did not cast the original curse herself? They gave a yes to that. A plain yes. So that's great. Um, they apparently can't say if it's still relevant why Regina wasn't in Emma- Emma's vision. That's right, I totally forgot about that. So, I guess we'll find out. Um, Someone asked if Henry will ever be getting a change of clothing. And they said no. Uh. (laughs) Because they tried, apparently they tried at one point to change his clothing. But they really liked that whole, like the scarf and everything. And the coat as a part of his character. Because... It was very, it's very Henry-esque to them, and they didn't want to get rid of that. So, no change in clothes for Henry, unless if we go into season seven and that new guy is Henry. I he's hope he's not still wearing the same giant darn scarf. scarf. <laughs> <laughs> Please, maybe no, 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 no. I hope that they do not give him a scarf if that is he is playing an adult Henry. Um, someone asked if Rumple will ever become free of the Dark One curse. They said that they can't say. Also, they said can't say to any chance of Gideon of seeing Gideon at a different age, like if they age him down. Um, they said that Emma's, and this was also in an interview after the episode as well. That Emma's wedding, of course, is not going to go off without a hitch, as always in the show. It will more, more than likely be interrupted. So, there you go. Um, someone asked if the curse that creates the town of Storybrooke, 
They asked if it's going to be broken. They said that they can't say. Which makes sense with some filming news because some people have said that all of the filming stuff for Storybook, like all the signs that they do leave up during the summer, everything is gone. So I would assume if we get a season seven, it is not going to be in Storybook. And it would be interesting if the curse that created the town of Storybook does get broken. That would mean that Storybook wouldn't be there anymore, I guess. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that would make sense. My theory of adult Henry and Hook traveling across the realms might come true. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Who knows at this point? Um, someone asked if the character that Alison Fernandez plays is a exist already existing fairy tale character, and they said that they can't say. Also, someone asked, will the dragon's daughter's identity be revealed someday? Eddie, they said that they can't say someday. Adam said that that is a great question. Then Eddie said that is somebody who pays attention so closely to the show, to the show that they deserve an answer. Or the show gets canceled and then we'll never know. Or the show gets canceled and then yeah. we just never know. I honestly totally forgot that the dragon. <laughs> we found out that the dragon had a daughter. Um, so who knows? Um, someone asked if there, we will see any more familiar faces in the finale, and they said that yes, we will. Um, there will, they also confirmed that there will be a death in the finale. So those are those are the most interesting questions that I picked out from the hot seat. Of course, you can go to EW's site and find that yourself and read all of the questions and answers for yourself. Um, they have not come out with the press release for this next episode yet unfortunately so we don't have that to go over there were some little tidbits of information that were released today from math inside line at tv line and here are the questions they said do you have any once upon a time scoop on the black fairy and i'm gonna try to pronounce these words correctly because i've never heard them in my entire life so i'm sorry but they said the dark doyen's eponymous episode what I've never what are those two words? I've never the Dark Doyen's episode that's based off like that's eponymous episode. Oh eponymous. eponymous. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. That that makes sense. I, anyways. Big words there, Matt. <laughs> anyways, they said that her episode airing on Sunday, April 30th, will fill in some blanks on her nefarious past, including why she gave up her son. And why she never named him. Also, someone asked, how will the Blackberry's presence in Storybook shape how Rumpel and Belle plan to save Gideon? Eddie said, it certainly complicates things because of what their son has become and what he's doing. But Rumpel and Belle are also loving parents who want the best for Gideon. So they're trapped in a difficult situation that they're going to be spending some time trying to extricate themselves from. There's some information on the Blackberry and Gideon. And Rumba. <laughs> the actress that plays Tiger Lily announced on Twitter that uh, we will be getting more information on Tiger Lily on the April 30th episode as well, which is really exciting. Um, so that's, that's all. I'm going to go over ratings real quick. Ratings, we got 
We stayed steady with last week. Um, if you recall correctly, last week's ratings came in late, so we weren't able to go over them. But they were at an 0.7, and then this week's ratings stayed in the demographics at the same steady pace at an 0.7 in the demographics. And But it did bump down to a new low in the millions of viewers, to 2.61 millions of viewers. But take heart. Easter ratings do not count. ABC does not count Easter ratings. So, I mean, thankfully it was steady. I was expecting it to go down another point in the demographics, but it did not. So, I guess that's good. I think so people saying that Easter ratings don't count is just a way to comfort themselves. <laughs> no, no, they actually don't count. They I don't do know. I think ratings. that if it's a series that's on the bubble... Maybe it's not bad, but it's certainly not good. I don't know. Whatever, Jeff. They, Brittany has uh, infused me with if this is the final season. So. <laughs> Whatever. I don't know. I would explain popcorn when season seven happens. <laughs> no, I'll be happy if season seven <laughs> happens. But I'm just saying, all signs are pointing to. Whatever the magic eight ball says. So Okay, I will also give you another little bit of information. The evil Lana Perea filmed for the in her evil queen costume for the May upfronts. Why would she film for the upfronts if once upon a time is not getting renewed? That is true. She had a lovely picture with Olivia Pope, which I mm -hmm. thought was amazing. So I know. The only thing is though. It, it, I do have a little bit of hope, but the ratings are atrocious. I and the ratings are pretty bad. <laughs> the, a reboot or a revamp reset is not going to improve the ratings. It's going to make the ratings yeah. go down even more. So that's the only thing that gets me worried. Like No, I think if they do renew, it will be like a... This is 13 episodes. Uh, at least I hope that they would do that. That they would realize that this is going to be it and then stay. And then you know advertise as the last season yeah like Who the last learns from their mistakes not once upon a time nobody i mean why i mean grim advertises their last season yeah and they also had a shortened season so maybe they'll give them a shortened yeah. season they'll be like a mid-season replacement yeah. uh, the abc pilot season is looking really good they like a lot of uh of stuff so maybe a lot of stuff will actually be canceled this season as opposed to last year, in which the pilot season did not have that much stuff that interested ABC, and even the ones that they picked all sucked, except for a couple of the comedies and Designated Survivor. So, mm -hmm. I guess we'll see. But on that bright and cheery note, join us next time for a brand new installment of Storybook Weekly Mirror. Once again, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for Storybrooke Weekly Mirror, and subscribe. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Mirror. Follow us on Tumblr, storybrookweeklymirror.tumblr.com. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com.
Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash poppychularadio. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Thanks, announcer. Co-hosts wish the listeners a good night. Good night. good night, guys. Have a magical evening, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of Storybook Weekly Mirror every Tuesday via iTunes and the Poppy Chulo Radio Archives. Good night.